Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Good evening. We're here with the Really 007 podcast. I'm Tom Pickup, and I have many, many guests with me tonight for a discussion on the relatively new Amazon Prime TV series, 007, Road to a Million. Million pound, man. What wouldn't you do? I put real people into a James Bond adventure and placed ten questions around the world. If they find them, answer them, they win a million pounds. The only thing standing in their way is me. Here we go again, brother. Is that phone ringing? Hello? Hello. Your next question is 2,000 miles away. Oh my God. For £25,000. Climate. I can't believe this. <laughs> Jumped out of a chopper somewhere in the Swiss Alps. I've never even been to Milton Keynes ski rink. Oh, hello. That ain't TK Max, is it? This is impossible. Why don't you go down there? Are Think. you sick? The money is the prize. But this adventure has been the greatest thing we've ever done in our life. And I'm only just getting started. We're really looking forward to chatting about this, partly because we've sort of withheld the chat. We haven't really discussed it as a podcast yet, before, during or after. And now that all eight episodes are done with, and we know who's been successful and who's not been successful. We're really looking forward to chatting about that and the future of the show as well. 
So yes, if you're new to us, you can listen to us iTunes, Spotify, and all the other places where you get your podcasts. And we're also on social media. Yeah, we're on Instagram, X as it's now called famously, and Facebook. We're joined tonight. First of all, we've got regular attendees, uh, John Kell. Good evening, John. Good evening. Good to be here. Thank you, John. Um, we've got Harry there. Hello, Tom, and everybody else. And we've got Kieran there as well. Good Narbund. Good Narbund, yeah. <laughs> right, well, now we've got you guys out of the way. Let's meet our new <laughs> contestants. <laughs> so, first of all, I'm going to go to Matt, because Matt, obviously, is a friend of the show. But it's, it is your debut, isn't it, on the podcast, Matt? Yeah, yeah, first time, yeah. Can you tell us about your venture, basically? You're, you're madly in love with Bond, so much so that you spend many, many hours of your life devoted to it. Yeah, I mean, most of us do, to be fair, nowadays, don't we? So there's mm. quite a few of us in that category. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of always been there. You know, when I was a kid, I sort of knew about it, GoldenEye and things like that. But I didn't really get into it until about 99. They did the Double O Heaven season. And my dad said, you got to watch this Bond film. So we watched Goldfinger. And then that was it. It was like every week watching one after another. And yeah, just got hooked by that. How old did you say you'd be at that point? I think I was about 13, I think 12. Right. No, 12. Yeah, I was about 12 then, yeah. So I was just going into year seven, so... That's yeah. similar to you, John, isn't it? That's yeah, that's similar. similar. Did, didn't you? And me, yeah. yeah. yeah very oh, much so. Yeah, very much so. So who made the first impression on you? Which, like, Bond actor? Definitely Sean Connor. I mean, that was the first kind of one I saw, to be honest. So, but yeah, he's still... All of them are good in their own way, but yeah, Sean's still... He, he's definitely up there, isn't he? You know, the original and to me, still the best of what he does. Just so natural with everything. And we wouldn't be here, we'll be 60 years plus on, were it not for Sean. So I'm, I'm really, I really love it when people say the favourite's Sean, especially because obviously none of us were around then when films came out. So it's testament to that guy's amazing legacy. So that's class, Matt. What would you say is your favourite Bond film? Can you can you give one or two or three? or? Uh, yeah, no, I definitely got a top three. I'd say Goldfinger definitely up there because I, I think that's probably the best in my opinion. But The World Is Not Enough is definitely my favourite. Oh! <gasps> That's definitely my favourite film. Yeah, 100%. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's going out there, but I think it's because it's that Bond, and that was the first Bond, the new release at the time. It's kind of a big, you know, it's a big wow. And watching that, I think I had that, I think it was on video, 2001. Yeah, I I, I think I got it round the family, got the, I think it was Christmas, and we all watched it together, and it was kind of, it's a bit of nostalgia as well, but the boat chase oh. scene is just incredible. So, yeah, obviously that one's there. And a big fan of Living Let Die. So they're probably my top three. Nice. So, really nice. top three. What a, quite diverse as well. That's so refreshing. Yeah. That. Yeah. We get told off, don't we, on Twitter for saying that the world is not enough is underrated, but it clearly is. I mean, it, it's still <laughs> And Matt, you, you live fairly near, but you go on those tours where you can see all the places where it was filmed, the world is not enough, the, the pre-title sequence. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, we've done some ourselves. So 2019 for something like that. Yeah, 20 years. Yeah, we did our own tour. So we're looking at doing one next year, to be honest with you. So hopefully next summer. Thinking about just doing all the London locations. And yeah, yeah, because they're pretty easy to get to. And, you know, there's some the whopping ones excellent. It just hasn't changed at all. If anyone hasn't uh, heard of yet of uh, Shaken Not Stirred, Matt's Venture, do look it up. You're, you're on social media as well. So get following and there'll be events, won't there? throughout the year and the big one will be is it october time every year is that right matt yeah yeah october time is um when we do most of the stuff it's the end of october normally i mean we don't know yet what's going to happen because last year 
we did obviously our you've had your 60 event that was a big that was like a one-off because it was the 60th anniversary we said we just make it one-off then it sort of like i don't know grew from there a lot of people said oh oh we're coming this year i was like yeah but we haven't got we haven't booked anything so me and nick were kind of looking (laughs) at each other like oh my goodness you know they said we're looking forward to the event so it was like well we've got to put something on and then it just went it went from there and so yeah we took a bit of a break last few weeks we just literally back to normal but yeah, we're, we're, we've got a meeting coming up soon, so hopefully we can plan something for next year and it could be a yearly thing. Incredible venture you've got there, Matt, and I know that uh, loads of Bond fans from all around the world, they come from all around the world, don't they, to this? So it's, it's a, a real honour, I suppose, to be representing the Bond community at this time. Yeah, no, it was. And it's a, it's a strange thing, really, because we thought, well, maybe it would just be like a handful of people. And it's kind of a bit of a worry because the amount of money it takes to, to get all these guests in and the expenses and all of that kind of stuff, you kind of think if you don't sell any tickets, you kind of stuff because you've got to put your your, yeah. your own money in. So it's a bit of a concern. But no, we managed to do it and we raised officially, we can actually announce now, we raised a £1,307 for the Mark Milson Foundation, which is amazing. Yeah, pretty good going. Amazing. Fantastic, Matt. Absolutely brilliant. And we, you know, as a podcast, we'll continue to support you on that. And Hopefully, we'll be able to get down there at one stage uh, to Pinewood or wherever you do the next event. Really looking forward to it. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, fingers crossed, yeah. Right, and now, so, Sophia. I got into broadcasting about three months ago and broadcast manager, we found out we had a common interest, which was Bond, and he says there's very few women that like Bond films for some reason. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> so we went along to the, the Matt's event in London in September. I had about two weeks' notice to get down there and attend it, and I had a fantastic time. And then when we got back, me and Jonathan uh, Pinefield uh, set up the BD007 uh, from Bradford with Love Fan yeah. Club and group page, which I run the group page and put lots of content every day. And he sets up all the events. And in about four weeks, we got about 65 followers, which so is not bad uh, going for a new group. One of the events we've done, we went to the opening of the uh, 007 Road to a Million launch in Leeds Bradford Odium, which we we'll talk about later. Yeah. I got into Bond uh, because I'm a bit of a relic in the 60s through my dad and mum watching all the Bond films from Dr. No, so I can relate to Matt and Sean Connery because I never was exposed to any other Bond at that time. And then I started going to the cinema in 77 on my own and watched... Um, I think it was The Spy Who Loved Me with Roger Moore. And then every year I had to watch Bond on the big screen. And Uh so when we look at my favourites, then we look at um, Timothy Dalton, what he was doing. Um, And and it it was so different. It brought a different approach to being Bond. I think a bit cold, but uh, you can't second guess him. Sean was always very likeable and um, comical in a lot of ways, I think, um, and, and Roger more, again, a bit comedic. But I think he sort of uh, gave it a different perspective. So Timothy Dalton I did like, but then it came, then Pierce Brosnan came along and Goldeneye. <laughs> and that dive scene off the dam, I think, was the opening. And Sean, come on, Sean who? <laughs> Who's the baddie, the villain? <laughs> no, be. Right. John Bean from Sean Bean from Sheffield, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's a great story. Loved Pierce. So if you said, who's my favourite Bond? I'd have to say 
because I'm going back to being an 80s girl, it had to be Pierce Brosnan. However, my favourite Bond film, and I can't tell you how many times I've watched it, but at least over 50. Sadly, I know quite a few quotes. It has to be Casino Royale with Daniel Craig because uh, I just love, I don't know, the ruggedness of him. I think that's how uh, Fleming sort of portrayed him in a lot of ways. So I did, uh, you'll correct me, Phil, I'm sure, but because <laughs> I know you read the books and I haven't. So those, those, that's how I got into it from being a child. And my favourite has to be Casino Royale with uh, Daniel Craig. But my favourite Bond from the 80s is Pierce Brosnan. This is brilliant. So basically already we've pretty much said we like the whole series. This is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. No, I'm going to break. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to say something to say about uh, two films, uh, uh, three Bond films. I couldn't really get into, and I've only watched once. So I don't really think I've given it a fair chance. First one was sadly a lot of people go ooh Quantum of Solace. Uh, it was a lot of ten minute opening of fast cars. I'm not sure if it's bad editing, lots of tunnels. Uh, I know a writer's strike was going on at the time, so they had to piece it, piece stuff together. But I lost it after that, and uh, lots of desert scenes, and I didn't really like the plot. <laughs> so I have to really watch that again and give it a chance. The next one was, I think you discuss, it's the one where it's Die Another Day. It's it's the Halle Berry with the ice castle. Is, is that the one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't really got to watch that again. Didn't, I didn't give that a fair chance. And the final one is, you will never believe it, No Time to Die. Oh. I've only watched it once. I've only watched it once because I don't think I can deal with the ending again. Seeing Daniel Craig born up as Bond. <laughs> so, what? um I struggled with that one. But I love Matera. I have to tell you, yeah. one of my favourite scenes is Matera. So. In in the last 10 minutes, we've had Matthew say that the world is not enough. It's his favourite Bond film. And we've, said, we've heard Sophia can't be doing with Quantum of Solace or No Time to Die. Guys, I've just met you, but I am convinced you are my best friends. That's all I was. <laughs> no, I, I was really worried, Sophia, when you said, "Now I'm going to be controversial here." There are three I don't like. I was, I, I had like yeah. octopusy in my head. I was thinking, "Please, no, no." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, don't say you on this wife. Please, don't say." No. That. Sorry, you know the Bond themes as well. I'm really big on Bond music as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. really big on that. So uh, we'd have to do a karaoke night one night, but I keep saying <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, when you were announcing those titles, my heart was in my mouth. I thought you were going to say Majesties, Live and Let yeah. Die. <laughs> oh, honestly, Tenterhooks, that, that's better than the plot of Quantum, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I, I, I mean, I would advise everyone to keep, you know, to see them more than once because I, with Quantum, absolutely hated it the first time I watched it. I hated it the second time I watched it. I hated it the third time I watched it. And then about, and then about ten years later, I thought, hang on, this isn't bad. And and somehow I've had sort of some kind of reinvention of it. And there is a bit more to it than hot desert kind of stuff. There's a, there's like the opera thing. There's a bit of snow at the end. There's a. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's quite globetrotty one but it's uh yeah it's an acquired taste we always say don't we? if you just see it as like an addendum a bonus feature to casino real like a little addendum to it not a proper bomb <laughs> no I, no i'll give that a go down of the day we will be finally releasing our review at some point soon and we really go into it i think it's very controversial in that there's 
there is so much to get annoyed about it. But there is there is some stuff in there that's worth watching, and it and it's definitely a Bond film. So I, I, again, it might take you two or three viewings, Sophia, to sort of get into it. And it, but the, I mean, there's a lot of tat in it. Let's be honest. Yeah. I, I think it starts with the theme, uh, "Dying of the Day." Is it Madonna? Indeed. I think uh, if, if 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 that's doing it for you. Tom, good luck to That's what I'm doing on karaoke. That's what I'm doing on karaoke. <laughs> no, I've, I've attempted it. It's quite hard to do it. Quite robotic, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I get it. It's raunchy. It's nice. It's Madonna. <laughs> but it, I like smooth numbers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I like that one. Uh, I mean, cue the music had to drop it from their set list because it didn't really fit with them. <laughs> that says a lot. It's not, not the most Bond song, but yeah, we don't need to mention No Time to Die, but if you if you do happen to see it again, fair enough. If you don't, fair enough. <laughs> no, no, invite me back for a, and we'll have a review because I'll definitely come and uh, give my opinion watching it a second or third. That will be interesting. That'll be really interesting, actually. Yeah, revisit it as well because it's well, it's over two years now, isn't it, since it came out? So, oh, no time to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. Right, Phil, you've been patiently waiting, yeah. but uh, it's great to to finally sort of meet you, uh, as it were. And Phil, you, you've got your own uh, event going on, your licence to fill meetings. My events tend to be more about actually just getting together and meeting up and yeah. there's, there's no guests or anything. It's just it's all about just meeting up with the Bond fans, having a chat about Bond. So this one, we're going to be meeting up in a Bond location. So what more could you want? That's exactly what you want. And I think that's the thing we found best when we've started this podcast, meeting fellow fans, just meeting up for a drink, chatting yeah. Bond, chatting non-Bond. All of it's great. Doesn't need to be anything more to it than that. It's it's just fantastic that there are such great people, uh, not just the UK as well. You do you do the Zoom ones, don't you though, as well, Phil? We do a Zoom party every Friday. Um, that's been going for quite a few years now. It started at the beginning of COVID. We've done it every week, just about. Look on my uh, license to Phil Whitfield on one page, and there'll be a link on there for joining the Zoom chat. It's it's pretty much just every week we get together, talk about Bond. There's a quiz which we call Evil Mastermind, because it is a tough quiz. Uh, <laughs> I get shouted at every week for my... I mean, actually, a lot of the time, the questions I think are easy, people hate, and they, they will say that I don't know that. And the ones I think are hard, they'll they'll go, oh, that was that easy. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it separates the casual fan from the <laughs> more I joined Phil's party a couple of weeks back and I had to bow out at the quiz time, didn't I? Simply because I don't do quizzes. And you said, come on, Sophia, it's going to be easy. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, I didn't. I occasionally lie. I know. (laughs) I would have got nil (laughs) point. I doubt. You would have got something. There's always some questions in there that that you will know. It's not as bad as I'm making it. But um, I do throw some in that will test your knowledge and make you think. When you've got a bunch of Bond fans, you don't know where to pitch it because you don't know exactly. There are people who know everything and there are other people who are just coming into it or, or aren't as obsessive. Yeah, we, we found that. We, we did a couple of early ones in lockdown and just absolutely couldn't believe how sad people were, basically. Much sadder than <laughs> We've now become those people, of course. We're Our knowledge is now probably slightly sick and disturbing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's the way it is, I suppose. It, as long as it doesn't get to the stage of how many paces does Bond take on his way to the hotel room and think, you know, ridiculous things like that. <laughs> You've got, you got to keep it fun, haven't you, Phil, so that everyone has a chance. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's, 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 there's questions for everybody. Good. Well, I, I again, encourage everyone to join that. And 
as Phil says, you can do that from all over the world because it's online on Zoom every Friday. Big Bond Zoom party, yeah. Yeah, how did you get into Bond, Phil? Was it as a young lad? or? Well, I'm actually quite jealous of people who know how they got into Bond. I have no idea. <laughs> I do not remember my first Bond film. Um, I couldn't tell you. I have a feeling it might be Diamonds Are Forever, but I always thought it was Goldfinger as a child. I mean, it, it's just always been a part of, of growing up. I mean, I, I must have been about three when I saw my first Bond film on television. It was just... I've, I've just always since then just just been obsessed really so i grew up and it was roger moore who was the bond at the cinema but it was it was sean connery who was on, on the television at that point my first bond film at the cinema was for your eyes only that i do know i was only six when i went to see that again i was just obsessed with with with, with roger moore at that point um i think moonraker was was my favorite film then I remember watching that on Boxing Day in what, 1982 on the television. That was fantastic. But then Timothy Dalton came along and, and changed me from being this kid who then became really obsessive about Bond, went and read everything I could find, watched all the films, got them all on VHS as it was in those days before uh, DVD, immersed myself completely, and, and now it scares me just how much I do know sometimes. But it also scares me how much I've forgotten. Uh, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that um, mm. mind is 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 going, and I'm not as quick as I used to be on these things. But... <laughs> Without praying and being able to quickly calculate your age, were you old enough to see License to Kill at the cinema, or were you really into? I was just go? underage. I had to sneak oh. in. Oh, oh, good. But I, I did see it twice at the cinema. Um, good. Oh. Wow. Do you like the film? I can't decide yeah. between them. The, the T-shirt. Look at the T-shirt. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> For those who can't see it, it does. It's the uh, he disagreed with something that ate him. But obviously, that could be a live and let die reference as well. Yeah. For you Fleming fan. Mm. Very good. Yeah. Write that down for the next quiz. Fantastic. I love Fleming probably more than the films now. So. Right. Oh, interesting. That is interesting. Well, yeah. If I had to choose between the books or the films, I would choose the books. Right. If, oh. if it was just a matter of saving them, then I would save the books. Would that include mm. the continuation ones, though? No. Okay. There are some good ones. I'm not, I'm not going to say which ones I don't like. But Fleming is, is, is my particular interest when it comes to Bond. But, I mean, obviously, I, I love the films as well. What age did you start reading then? Oh, the books, not I tried books. reading. Yeah. <laughs> I tried reading the books when I was about eight. I remember getting uh, oh. my dad to get the Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker out of of the library because obviously they were my two favourite films. And my first thought was, "Well, where's the space shuttle?" And and, and <laughs> what, there's, there's no ski chase starting with this book either. So what, what the hell's going on here? A few years later, then, I think uh, it was Timothy Dalton that got me more into the books. I was probably about 12 when I started reading the books properly. Look no further than Fleming, 007 Road to a Million. Goodness me. <laughs> Joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, awesome. Fleming, each other. When did everyone first hear about it? Because I, I can only remember there was sort of a, I don't know, a press release and there wasn't really much fanfare. And certainly I've never heard Barbara or Michael mention it other than when they went to the premiere a few weeks ago. So I don't know, Sophia, can you remember when you first heard about it? 
I think Jonathan uh, just mentioned that he'd said, read something, as I said, in the press that the, there was a premiere and I've got to log on and get, because I'm a Prime member, and download some complimentary tickets to go and watch it in uh, Leeds Bradford Odeon. And we could do it as a first event for our fan group. Yeah. So that's the first I got. I didn't know what I was getting into. I, didn't, I thought I was going to be watching the whole thing. I thought it was a film. Mm. And then uh, you find out it's just the first two episodes, not all eight, obviously. So that I didn't hear anything much about it, like you said, Thomas. It, there was not much of a build-up uh, at all. So I, I got practically, again, two weeks' notice. That's quite exciting, though, isn't it, when you go into something blind? Yeah, I think definitely. Yeah, yeah, I've done I've, I've done that three times now. Last in September, down or October. Actually, it's not September; it's October in London. Meeting Matt and the Shaken Not Stirred team and going to see. Yeah, I didn't get to see Cue the Music sadly, but I got to go to one of their events, so that was great. Then going to Phil's fantastic uh, big bond party <laughs> uh, with uh, and just throwing myself in there, which was great. And you, you meet so many different people, and then going into this Roads to a Million Lot uh, event. Um, which not everyone got tickets to. I'll give you my feedback when reviewing mm. uh, what was it like to watch it in on the big screen compared Amazing. to watching it again on TV. That's another element I haven't thought about. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Kieran, you when did you first hear about this? I don't know. Did you did you not apply this time? It was actually Global James Bond Day. I think oh, along yeah. with countless other fans around the world, we were expecting a slightly bigger or more. <laughs> <laughs> and then they come up with Road to a Million and release this trailer and we're thinking, what's this? What on earth is this programme? But Brian Cox was what initially sparked my interest. Big fan for many years, wonderful actor. Obviously reading into the premise of the show and obviously where it was going to go and the contestants and what they were working towards. Yeah, it was something that sparked interest but didn't blow my socks off. And thankfully, when it came to actually watching the show, it surprised me greatly and I was very impressed with it. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. I've finished all the episodes pretty much and it had a few twists and turns along the way and I didn't think, I mean, we can talk about this later, of course, but I didn't think that who won would potentially win until a lot later. I think it was very clever. It was very good. So it was about October when I first heard about it. I think Brian Cox was sort of announced afterwards, after the programme was announced, because I mm. assume they went out, filmed the series and then they got the him. He came in, did the narration afterwards and sort of mm. did the final bit. So well, what, yeah. was, what was interesting to read is apparently when Brian Cox signed up to it, he stated he felt it was going to be the new film rather yeah. than yeah. a TV show. So he had more hope than we do. <laughs> yeah. Does uh, he not know how long it takes to make it? Yeah. I mean, I think I'll probably be Brian Cox's age by the time <laughs> the next film. <laughs> but we saw, but no, he, he was he was fantastic in it. And do you know what? Definitely Bond villain material for a future film. Yeah, because he's. He's kind of the obvious choice. He's like yeah. someone who's suddenly, well, he's always been well-known and respected actor, but he's suddenly massive in terms of pop culture because of success. It's exactly the kind of person you think they would cast were they doing a new Bond, particularly yeah. as a villain. I mean, he loves chewing the scenery, doesn't he? Goodness me, in everything he's in, he's always <laughs> value. We'll see. We'll see whether he returns for the next series. We'll, we can talk about because that. The, the thing I've wondered after seeing the last episode, is it going to be one of those where they have a guest host every single season? Ah, yeah. I, I wondered that. Oh, uh, OK. Yeah. yeah. So who's next, potentially? Some other, well, I would have said Michael Gambon, but God rest his soul. Well, I was thinking like a whole different nationality. You know, it could be a villain oh, from yeah. another continent. Yeah, fantastic. 
No, I think it's, it's certainly got potential. I think, as with any quiz show, though, of its time, when someone wins that top prize, like Millionaire, I think a lot of the interest will then dissipate. Great. Mm. For now, That's anyway. Point, though. We yeah. will uh, we will see what happens, but I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Well, probably that's why the outcome on episode eight was the outcome it was then without giving too much away. If someone keeps cracking it and we're and winning the million, right, we're yeah. going to stop watching. Or, or what's yeah. the, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's right. So, it's true. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, yeah. you know, uh, I, I do part of my job role is uh, psychotherapy, so I'm always watching uh, body language, eye contact, and uh, translating what's going on behind the words. So it was quite interesting to assess the contestants and how and how it was set up. I don't want to say staged because that's the words mm-hmm. of The Guardian. The Guardian, it got quite conflicting. It got one out of five, uh, yeah. saying it was a soulless, soulless contestants which would have to disagree. It was very disappointing. I didn't like that review that The Guardian gave off. Uh, I, I think when you go into watching Road to a Million, it's are you already set up with an expectation of an outcome? And for me, I went with it very open-minded. So, uh, yes, it's round bond, but um, and all I was going for, I tell you what, was the locations. But we'll get into that because you're going around, we're talking about something else, but it's just worth watching for that. And yeah. the music, uh, you know, it, but there was lots more to watch for. But I'm just saying, if you weren't really into it, the cinematography it, it is great. Mm. Well, was anyone not really, you know, as soon as they heard about it, was anyone, but you can be honest, like, oh, dear me, this isn't Bond. We d- we shouldn't be doing this. And there was a well, bit we heard of, about it. I, I, the, you know, it should be a film, not this. As well. I remember. Well, I first wow. heard about it. Yeah. It was probably not long after the No Time to Die premiere. When they were actually asking for the contestants, and a friend of mine says, uh, "Do you fancy it?" And I was like, "Well, with my knees, no." <laughs> and then I just really didn't think much of it, but um, I, I thought it'd be an interesting sort of thing to have in 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 existence. But it, it certainly wasn't something that I was going to be mad to watch. I mean, I'm not really into the whole reality TV thing anyway. Hmm. I don't watch Big Brother or anything like that. But I have started to watch this. I've kind of just dipped in i haven't binged on it a lot of people have sort of like decided right it's on there i'm going to watch all the episodes all in one go yeah. and then have complained that they've got bored after about episode four or whatever but um i think it's just one of these things that you just just watch it like once a week and and, and treat it as a normal television series and mm-hmm. it then holds your interest a bit more so that's why i haven't actually got to the end of it yet i would have been really interested to see if they did that where they put out one episode a week how mm. i think it's difficult because they would be worried that all oh, people have dropped off. They've loads watched the first one, but eight weeks later, no one's watching it. So I suppose by putting them all out at the same time, it's sort of all there, isn't it? And you can binge watch it, of course, which yeah. happens these days. Matt, were you excited when you heard about the you know the release? To be honest, I was sort of mixed, sort of conflicted because I was thinking, oh, you know. We- really want another film we don't even know what who the new bondy we don't even know what's going on to be honest yes. and uh let, let's face it if they if someone wins a million that's half their budget gone anyway <laughs> so, <laughs> you know if they'll win a million that's yeah. not a million gone so then if we're, we've got to wait longer so i'm glad no one won it to be honest but um <laughs> yeah I, the show's decent i mean it was better than i thought to be honest i went in with certain expectations and i kind of thought you know, at first I thought it'd be a 007 quiz. So I thought, okay, it's going to be Bond questions. And this was why I think it's got such a negative 
review from fans because I think they've gone in thinking this is going to be about Bond. And basically, it's it's not. It's just they go to the locations and the, it, it's just a, a quirky way of answering questions. And I actually thought it was pretty neat because the third episode in particular, I thought it was really good because you had all the Easter eggs like Drax and things like that in there. And then you knew in the back of your mind, you're like, you think, oh, they're going to meet. Or they get, you know what's going to happen, the cable cars. Mm. And the fact that they stopped as well, I thought that's, that was pretty class, that. To yeah, actually yeah. sort of like recreate from the film what they had to do. For me, I quite enjoyed it. From a, from a non-Bond fan point of view, I mean, my wife, Gemma, we watched it together. And actually, when it comes to Bond, she does a lot of the stuff, like the films and stuff, but not as much. And she's kind of like, oh, but this she got really into, which was quite, mm. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So she yeah, enjoyed yeah. that probably more than me going, oh, she'll put the film on. And then she'd be like, oh, not again. But yeah. this, you're saying different. <laughs> and I think for those that are not like us, you know, like, you know, massive Bond fans, it might be the thing that gets them kind of into it or involved. So that's got to be a good thing. Mm. I, mean, I, I personally think, with hindsight, if it was just Bond questions, first of all, it would you'd lose a lot of the audience. Secondly, if you're meant to be someone doing Bond things in a mission, Bond mm. wouldn't be answering questions about himself, would he? So it wouldn't. I don't think it would work. And I know a lot of the sort of peripherals are just... Sorry, the diehard fans say they want that, but I think you'd lose the audience with that personally. Yeah, I, I'm I'm completely conflicted on it. My my view of the show was that it was almost great. That's that's the best way I can describe it. It was almost great. There was so much to enjoy. My wife is not particularly a Bond fan and loved this show. However, she has the exact same criticism that I do, which is that for a show that's called 007, Road to a Million, so you're putting the stamp on the front of it, it doesn't really own the 007 bit. I mean, it, you have all the amazing locations and you have all the amazing music, but it never has the contestants discussing about it being Bond. It never... What I would have personally done was that each episode, so like Scotland, first episode, and I'd done like a two-minute intro just for the audience. This was where Skyfall was seen, you know, that kind of thing. It doesn't need any more than that, but just that bit more of a link that this would have been a Bond thing because that wouldn't have put people off watching it. I really don't think that because at the end of the day, they're watching something called 007 Road to a Million. I think they were expecting something James Bond-related. And I wonder if they just didn't take that. They, they they went half and half there, but they didn't they didn't embrace it as much as they should have done. So uh, Chris on our podcast, I thought about what he said, and I totally agree with it. That it was almost like the producers were ashamed that it was a James Bond thing, and I do agree with that. As the more I think about it, that it's, it was a terrifically entertaining program. I really enjoyed it. That please hear me right here. And I loved some of the stuff it did. And I love some of the things, but I don't see why they just didn't had two minutes here and there to just say, this is what Bond did in that. And it adds to the experience. That's, that's my personal view. It was well, a nice little spot of indulgence for the real diehard fans. Exactly. And improved a little spot of education for the new fans. Precisely that. So Precisely that. I completely agree with yours and Chris's perspective. It's, yeah. Spot on. Do you think well, the, the premise of the show was done before there was a Bond connection? Or do you think it was all done together? Because you it did, you could have said... It was, 
Road Amazon's to idea, wasn't it, that they took to Eon? Right. Okay. Right. So I suppose I suppose it's using the Bond brand, but with no pressure to Eon. Yeah, no pressure to put a story into it, or you know, if it, if it sort of didn't tally with the canon of the films, you, you're absolutely fine with this because it's it's not a mission, is it? I mean, I thought maybe they could have people saying, "Oh, is Brian Cox going to be M? Is he going to be giving you your mission?" You know, that's something they could have done, perhaps, or he's going to be the villain because he wasn't. I mean, he was neither, was he? he wasn't he? Was there. nothing. nothing. So if he was he the gave, villain, yeah. he could be putting in little things to try and stop them. You know. Ways to make each challenge more difficult, for instance. I don't know. Harry? Think- oh, no, go on, Sophia. Sorry. Did you think it was a rush job in the sense that if they thought about it and framed it better so the new audiences and the existing Bond fans could embrace it better? So if you're questioning the 007 use here, looking for the factors of seeing Bond in there. But I would have said 007 Road to a Million where every contestant becomes a 007 because really... Oh, double o, yeah. Yeah. A double O, because yeah. everybody really wants to be Bond at the end. I mean, uh, I'm yes. Bond, you know what I mean? I, you know, I know in my fan group, everyone's sort of, they buy the clothes, they go to the events, so they want to feel a bit like a double O. So this particular um, new, game, new reality show exposes the ordinary person on the high street who who qualifies to be to to experience what it's like to be born to go to those exotic locations absolutely to get involved in all the um challenges and you know it's really interesting because i you can tell i loved it because i've got the application form for series two on my desk yeah watch yeah. out so i just <laughs> got to drag my sister who hates heights but you know that's what we're going to do we're going to look yeah. at and one of the things is that if you know a lot about bond and i was looking at some of the screen tests uh, that they were doing shots and they didn't pick you if you knew too much about ah. bonds. They don't really want Bond fans. Uh, uh, they want people that know of Bond, but not too much. Yeah. And the questions, like you say, were Bond linked. I, I, I think at the beginning I thought, oh, what Bond questions? But then I thought maybe like Phil's big Bond party uh, quiz if I go there, I'd get right disappointed if I can't answer the Bond questions. Yeah. So they had to make it general knowledge, didn't they? Or ex- as far it was. But I think I, I, I like that twist with the double O being a contestant becoming the double O. Yeah, that's a good idea. Though. With the questions, there's only a limited number of questions they could ask yeah. about Bond. With, with this, yeah. it could have been absolutely anything. And it was quite nice to tie it. I mean, it was loosely linked with the locations and the kind of things they were doing. But the locations, I mean, those were probably one of the stars of the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you haven't finished it all, a lot of it's in the trailer, so there's no spoilers that there are some Alps in it near the end, which obviously is probably the most Bond thing you could think of. So there's, there's, there's a heck of a lot in that, all the different countries they went to. I mean, the only thing I'd say on that is the editing style is one of the things you'd have to come to because it's some of them in some episodes were in Scotland and then others were in Scotland. Mm which is more of a way to tell the story, everyone's story, rather than, right, let's all start in in, uh, in Skyfall area. Then next episode we'll do uh, Morocco or Istanbul, sorry, and then the next one we'll go to Brazil. So I think it's uh, that's more an editorial choice. I'm sure they were all in the same place. Oh, yeah. Then they moved on later. But 
I think aside from the locations as well, it was the little Easter eggs, Bond Easter eggs we've got in there, whether it be yeah. certain items from certain films. I'm not going to give yeah. away spoilers. Uh, one of my favourites was uh, one of the Licence to Kill references. Yeah. I won't say what it is. I'll let Oh, I know what you mean. But I thought that was a lovely touch. So the Easter eggs were a big highlight along with the locations. But also, let's talk about David Arnold's score. Yeah. Because oh, yes. Yours, David yeah. Arnold is, is back. And let's yeah. is a precursor to his entry back into the series, potentially. Well, I, I said, as soon as I heard it, that's the best version of the Bond theme I've heard since, dare I say, Eric Serra's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly the best one since the GoldenEye trailer, well, that one. I mean, that one's just unbelievable. The Prodi Fair one. That gets you so in the mood for Bond. I think it's the best version of it that Art's done. I think it was absolutely terrific. Well, I do remember, it was a while ago when we heard about this show, Road to a Million, and it's like a, a game show, when we were a little bit underwhelmed, because like Kieran said, I think we were hoping for news of something bigger. And it, and then I think amongst Bond fans, it was a bit of a, you know, they don't know what they're doing, they're pitching it mm. wrong. Yeah. And then when when it was starting to come out, and you're starting to see it advertised on buses, on billboards, I thought, do you know what? This is great. This is, you know, we've complained for a while now that there's been no Bond content between films. There's been nothing. And now they are doing something that isn't just a film every four years, kind of. They are being a bit more proactive. And it, as it turns out, yeah, it's like Amazon that have kind of gone with this. This is their thing. In the build-up, I was really, really looking forward to it. You know, we've got nothing to go on at the moment. So it's great to have something, isn't it? It's great to have something just to talk about, something to inspire you and... When I watched it, yeah, you know, the, the noticeable things are, like Sophia's mentioned, the cinematography and the editing, it feeling a little bit staged, Brian Cox, all those. It's quite a, quite an interesting thing to get used to. And I had the exact same things that I think you mentioned, Tom, and others. Right, the, no, why is no one talking about James Bond? Why, why We're in Scotland, but no one's mentioned it. And there's a question, why is no one... And, I, you know, I did think, yeah, what are they doing? And then I think, I, I think by about... Episode three, I think I, ha I had the same realization, Tom, that you've mentioned that that would limit its audience so much, and it wouldn't be that interesting for many people. Suddenly, I realized actually, without hitting us over the head with it, they are making us feel unbelievably in the Bond world and in the mood for Bond. The locations, as you've mentioned, are absolutely wonderful. I think it was more proud of the locations than the films have been for a while, and part of that is because. You, you know it's exotic they show it beautifully but also there's like extras in the they're in the amongst the public i felt more mm -hmm. i felt i did more i've done more globe trotting with this series road to a million than i have in the whole of craig's era i'll be honest <laughs> um which i thought was absolutely magical to have back it was magical to have that and it was in a positive mood even though the contestants weren't mentioning bond it was all Everyone was in awe, like, oh, this is amazing. We're having such a good time. And it was like, this is great. That, And I think, actually, even though I, I, I would have agreed with you, John, a while ago and Chris, I, I don't think I'd do anymore. I think they've done it absolutely spot on. I think they've pulled it off perfectly because they've. I think they've created an appreciation for James Bond without slapping people over the head of it and without excluding people. Mm -hmm. I think that I think they've served up the world of James Bond 
to a much bigger audience and created more appetite for this film that's coming out and making you think, wow, you know, this is, we all know what Bond is. Bond is globetrotting, espionage, mission. And I, I just thought, and <laughs> we all seem to be referencing our, our spouses that like it. I'm another one. You know, my wife doesn't particularly like James Bond, but loved this. Yeah. Um, and she and me, you know, it's one of, these are the types of programme we we mm. like to watch casually. Like, you know, there are other things like Traitors, for example, on the BBC. We yeah, enjoyed yeah. watching that. And this was like an equivalent, and but it was in the Bond world. It was around the world. Look at these amazing places. And like we've talked about, it makes you want to apply to go on it, onto the uh, onto the, the next series. I Not mean, with my knees. <laughs> <laughs> it helped my appreciation of recent music for the films. It was nice to hear that, because I've not been the, a, a massive fan of the recent uh, soundtracks, but it was nice to hear them here. Um, they could have done more with way more Barry. I thought, honestly for me, a really big success. And, you know, people at work are talking about it. Oh, good. Pe- people who aren't Bond fans, the casual TV watchers, they are now being subtly, without them even knowing, they're, they're being sucked into a James Bond world a little bit that's that's preparing them. I'm hoping, this is all with optimism, I'm hoping that it's preparing them for something, it's building them towards something. And, yeah, I, I think the only thing I would have tinkered with, like Sophia's mentioned as well, is... Maybe just to make it feel a bit more Bond, they could have been made double O's. They yep. could have worn more exciting clothes <laughs> rather than going around Scotland in, like, regatta and trespass, <laughs> you know, Solomon <laughs> Boot. Like, they could have been given, you know, like, action, yeah. you know, like, exciting clothes. Maybe it's an idea for the next series, but they could have come up against some villains. You know, there could have been some people in yeah. public in, that they had to avoid detection or, you know, anything oh. like that. Um, but that's an idea for another series. Uh, but I honestly... I think I got it wrong early on, and I think it it might have outsmarted me in doing something good for the series that I didn't think it was going to do. I agree, Harry, because if, if, for instance, you know, when they were in the, the Amazon and you saw Drax was mentioned. Yeah. Bone Brothers, can you imagine that? Oh, that's Drax, he's the belly and Moonraker, isn't he? Oh, I love that film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. You lose you completely out of everything. <laughs> so I'm glad they so, did So that was good for us. Yeah, but it's great for everyone. As in, that was perfect for us because you know, whilst my wife's watching it, she's thinking nothing of it. But inside, I'm you know getting a little bit warm. You know, it's like oh, yeah, great. yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, talking to the talking to the Bone Brothers. Yes, go on. I didn't. I, did, I, did, I realised. So there's a great feature on Amazon. It's called X-ray. So if you yes, pause, yes, yeah, you know, yeah, it's got lots of snippets of trivia. It's got the music. It's got all sorts of yeah. notes which we would never. Yeah, ravel otherwise. There was a brilliant section. So if you read through all the trivia, there's actually quite a few Bond references in some of the costumes. So you have to be a big Bond fan to actually spot oh. them. That was a nice touch. But the Bone Brothers, what I didn't realise, James Bone, there is one letter yes. in him and yes. Bond. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bone, James Bone. And, they are, <laughs> and those two letters are next to each other. What are the yeah. odds? With yes. yeah. It's unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. I'm sure it must have been a 0.07%. <laughs> Honestly, there you go. His, his brother Blofeld as well. Yeah. No. <laughs> Those two grew on me. They grew on me during yes, the Yes, they were great. Yeah. yeah. I, and thought, I thought they were the, the best uh, yeah. team. They were so likable. They're genuinely they were. warm, comedic, yeah. but naturally. And they were just so... Yeah. 
heartwarming and I and thought, God, they're just they're just addictive to watch. Yeah. Um you're saying um the contestants they didn't wear obviously any gear, but they all got given for joining a, a limited edition Omega 007 watch as ah, a consolation yes. hat. So they, they all flash it, yeah. Hat. Yeah, they did have a flash of that. And I didn't realise that whichever point they leave that, uh, whichever episode or part of the competition, uh, they take away what they got correct, you know what I mean? So if they left at the 25,000 mark Mm. and they went for 50 and they got the 50,000 pound question wrong, they'd walk away still with the 25. I thought you walked away with nothing. nothing. Mm. I I think that's the part that could have been a bit more... You know, clearer with the show because I was wondering if you lose, do you lose it all? Whereas, yeah. like millionaire, who wants to be a millionaire? But yeah, yeah. It, it was a nice surprise when I discovered that obviously they'd be earning what they take away. Speaking of the I, Omega watch as well and the clothing, like and the Bone Brothers. Yeah, and I think it's an example of what I'm talking about. When they put on their tuxedos, mm. we were all mm. thinking, we were all thinking, this is wonderful. This is yeah. what we absolutely love. Without anyone even mentioning James Bond. Everyone was thinking we love James Bond. Yeah, and then Harry, it couldn't get any better, and they went, "Do you fancy a Heineken?" Oh yeah, they all the <laughs> Heineken's <laughs> running throughout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, talking about um, talking about them wearing more interesting clothing and and, and action clothing. <laughs> I've just got this sort of horrible feeling that we've ended up in in brightly coloured jumpsuits and it look like Annika Rice in Treasure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Anna Mile. Yeah. <laughs> No, they sadly never went there. I think I really think they missed a trick there. <laughs> Phil, we're not spoiling it to say that there were some poor souls who didn't get past the first question, were there? Those two sisters. Oh, well, I, I saw I know. in the first episode. There was... yeah. That surprised me, though. How depressing would that be? It'd be absolutely devastated, wouldn't it? Yeah. Hello? The first question is for £5,000. First question. But you have to find it. But you have to find it. Behind this telephone box is a river. Behind this telephone box, there's a river. Cross it. Cross it. Then make your way across the glen. And then make your way across. Until you reach the mountain. And at the top, there's a small loch. What did he say? Say it again. He said, behind the river. Behind the river, um, there's a mountain. Yeah. Get to the top of the mountain. Did he say get to the top of the mountain? Oh, mate, already? I was saying it loudly. When we went to the launch at Leeds OG in Bradford, uh, the promoters were there and there were big posters so you could do... Uh, did anyone else go to any of the, the, the launch? Did you get tickets? I was at the one at the Metro Centre in Gates. Oh, brilliant. Anybody else get to see all no. them? Right. So there was there's a big promo, um, you know, posters and stuff and you got some um, posters to take home with your small ones and you got popcorn and whatever, a drink complimentary. But uh, the girls were saying when we were looking at all the photographs of all the contestants on the big posters, why have you picked Bradford, Leeds Bradford, to have... There's only 12 locations, Odeon locations in the UK, and you pick Bradford. And then she said, well, maybe you'll have to watch the series because that's probably where one of the contestants have come mm, from. So the uh, 12 right. contestants of the 12 mm, locations. Uh, uh, and I and she uh, said, brilliant. So I, and, and she says, but you're not supposed to know that. So uh, <laughs> I can say it now. 
So I think the two girls that went out early, I can't, they were like scientists, PhDs. They were really clever. And they got a a question. And I don't know if it was, you had to pick whether who conquered, uh, who didn't, who conquered Scotland? Was it the Huns, the Romans, the Vikings? The Huns. They took about 10 minutes to work it out, and I kept thinking, no, they didn't conquer it. Who are they? Uh, so yeah. they picked that, and it was wrong, and they were eliminated uh, on the first well, Didn't they start out with the right answer as well? And, yes, I think oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Romans. They talked well, it, about didn't, it. it didn't no, tell it did. you what the right yeah. answer was, did it? It did. It right. did. Because Brian it? Cox, he, he was holding a Roman, little no, Roman, Roman Empire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. They didn't do that generally along the series. Did no, they? You no. Say, you should have answered question A. You know, <laughs> no, they were just. I think they did always. Away. I think they did always indicate what the right answer was, though. Yeah, they did a little hint kind of thing. Yeah. So, oh, Sophia, question. can I ask about the premiere? So, can I ask, please, like, what did it show? Was it just the first episode? Was it a couple of episodes? What was it? Yeah, because it was two hours and it was the launch. Uh, so in front of us, uh, they said it was sold out 165 seats in oh, a small Glodian, but there were about maybe 20 seats still available. But in front was press. It was um, held for the press to sit, you know, and, and give their reviews. And so I was behind them. So we got two hours. So it's the first two episodes and they did it exactly like they screened it on telly. So at the beginning, you, you got the first opening hour and then... And when it finished at the end of that, there was an advert and then you went into the second hour of it. But can I just tell you to see it on the big screen Mm. takes it to another dimension because the first episode opens with the challenge. uh, I think it's Kamara and Joel when they go into uh, Matera. And that's, you know, I'm Italian. So at the end of the day, my mum was Italian. I spent 40 years I've got in Italy. So visiting it, Matera is going to be on my to-do oh. list next year. And it's absolutely stunning on the big screen. And to get, it was so funny how they had to make a decision who was going to go up that crane <laughs> yeah. and pick the case. And he always bottled it. The whole Every, throughout the series. And, and, throughout the series. and I thought, crikey. Look at her. I'm not saying anything, but if you think about it, I mean, she's not body fit, was she? I mean, at the end of the day, she's not military built. I mean, she oh. was a port- portlyish woman, right? But she, I tell you what, she could beat me hands down. She just got up there, yeah. got that yeah. case. And I mm. thought the view, I mean, she. W- I, I just felt it for her. And I thought her husband's down there. I think we'd be having our marriage on the table when I get Absolutely. down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look for the highest point. The highest point to find the question. Up, up from those buildings. By the church, bro. Unless it's the crane. <laughs> the the crane? Oh my god. Oh my god. Can you see that, Bobs? Yeah, there's something sticking out of there. At the, t- at the end? Yeah. You weren't expecting that. Run. Oh, my God. You've got to be actually shitting me right now. Oh, my God. OK, I need a minute to breathe. One harness, what? 
So one of us has to go and do it. Oops. Are you right? I am shitting bricks. I'm scared of heights. You are not scared of heights, yeah? I'm scared of heights. But listen, don't come here and then start saying you're scared of heights. That's, come on, no, seriously, that's taking a mick. Okay. All this time, you haven't even declared it, and now you're telling me you're scared of heights. <laughs> Bro, are you? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You can do it. I'm, listen, I honestly got a genuine fear of heights. Right. Yeah? That, no. Bubs, if you're... On that cliff, I was shitting bricks. Okay. So I'm going to go up then? Yeah. And uh, I'll watch. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I feel sick. Oh, oh. oh, I'm tired. I'm really tired. You've got this, you've got this, you've got this. That's it, Bubs, you got this. Keep going. Oh, shit, I shouldn't have looked down. Oh. <laughs> the wind, the wind. You've got this, you've got this. Oh, shit. Bob's, it's getting windy. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, God. All right. Yes! Yay! 
That's my girl. And I think, Phil, you've got to four. So I think this happened on four or three when they did the, it looked like they were in a quantum of solace sort of stage where they had to get into a big uh, van or something and they had to ram the gate because it was padlocked. They had to smash it down. His cop out was, and they said, who's going to do it? And she said, I don't think I can do it. So, you know, floor it and smash through the gate. And he goes, I only know how to drive an automatic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So proud of you, well done. He said, so I can't do it. Will you do it? And I th and she looked and she said, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> he was, he, time and time again, yeah. he just did, he yeah. threw him he did bus. one thing, didn't he? I think he went uh, up the volcano. Yeah, uh, he got lucky yeah. though, didn't he? That was a complete. He did, yes. but he struggled with that one. To be fair, yeah. that was only a wall. So yeah, yeah he was going like insane, was. wasn't he, for the moment? Uh, yeah. the altitude. Was... Yeah, he... playing the No Time to Die <laughs> Saffin theme as he was sort of. I did kind of think it was a bit harsh though. Send them up on the crane on like question two or yeah. something like that. I thought that's just I know, like, I you spit that. that down the line. That was just ridiculous yeah. to have that straight away. I'd be like, no, I'm going home now. Yeah. I wasn't sure if the, the thing about the I can only drive automatic was, was, was some sort of veiled reference to the ridiculous rumours during the filming Casino Royale when the press were saying that Daniel Craig could, couldn't drive a manual. Oh. And they were doing the whole anti-Daniel Craig thing, but... Um, mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I don't think that guy can drive manual. <laughs> I don't think he's super console. Or even automatic. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, the backstories, I suppose, you, uh, what opens up a, a lot in the series that uh, it, what I liked was the connections of the backstories of the contestants yeah. and yeah, why yeah. they were chosen. So you get to find out down the line about Joel, back the, the couple, and yeah. um, that he was involved when he was young in a, it was a knife mm. attacked or something. Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, yeah. he got PTSD and he had lots of therapy and suffered anxiety, which made him housebound a lot. And that's why he, he couldn't go up the crane and that's maybe why he couldn't do things that put him under pressure. But mm. he said when he ended up going to that, had to walk up that volcano where there was altitude and oxygen issues, he said, I've got to do this, I've got to face my fear. And then she, you, you wondered if he was going to do it, but he did that challenge because, yeah. and it was very emotional at the end. And I think that's what I liked. So to, for Guardian to say it was very soulless contestants, <laughs> I, I don't think you can stage that. That's that's genuine. And this is me talking as a psychotherapist who deals with people's emotions every day. I thought it was very real. And you, if you go to that kind, uh, you apply for that show, they're looking for that authentic, that authentic person, that genuine person, somebody the audience can connect with empathically as well. I think all those contestants had something about which you could connect with. I don't know. What do you think? I 100% agree. I Sorry, this sounds really cynical of me, but sometimes like when I watch these kind of reality shows, you almost are waiting for the backstory in some kind of ways of what they're going to share. But I did feel these were genuinely authentic yeah. stories that were going on. The one that I really, really identified was the female nurse who used yeah. to be in, in yeah. used to be in the army. I thought she was superb. She may not like have the charisma of the bones, but she was made of yeah. steel. I mean, yeah. she went for it full on throughout the whole thing. And she's clearly seen some 
horrific yeah. incidents in her life. And yet she, all the way through, her mentality was, well, if I don't face my fear, it's just going to like play on me. And her, her approach was, I thought, inspirational, I've got to say. Yeah. Keep pulling. I've got no strength left in my arms. Right, hang on. I'm going to try and see if I can use my body. I don't want to let go of anything. Oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Perfect, mate. You all right? You feel safe? Yeah. Do you want to lift the case up and then we can get that off you? Oh, my God. Okay, hang on. Right, just take a second to get your breath. All right. Oh, tough. Okay. Well done, buddy. That was hard. Yeah. A lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well done. Okay. Oh. I hate this bit. I hate this bit. Istanbul was once home to one of Britain's most notorious traitors. In 1947, Kim Philby was head of British intelligence operations in Turkey. But he was also a double agent. In the years that followed, he was betraying his country. For 50,000 pounds, who was he passing secrets to? The Soviets? The Germans? Chinese. I don't even know who that is. No, I don't. It makes me uh, more towards things. When you think of double agents, you do think Russia. Mm. And I don't really I think there's been much going on with the Chinese. No. And the British passing stuff to the Chinese. Yes. I'm leaning towards the Soviets, if I'm honest. No, me too. Me too, because of the Cold War. Yeah. Should we do it? Wanna yeah. Nothing else Nothing. we can think, yeah? <laughs> so A, the Soviets, that's what we're saying. Yeah? Yep. A. Yeah, for as sure as we're ever going to be, which is maybe ish, but... Right. Together? One. One, two, two three. They didn't lay it on thick, did they? It didn't do it no. extra and put, you know, some... Sob, soppy song in the background or anything. I thought. Well, I think it was done I, subtly. I it was done well, well, I think I think that's why I liked her because yeah. it was never about drawing the attention to her. It was just like I'm just going to crack on and I'm get on with it. And to be fair to the producers, they didn't yeah. overproduce it either. They just they kept it like that as well. One of the best things I thought about it was money aside. Obviously, they're doing it for that, but they felt like they've actually had a great adventure. They spent, spent a bit yeah. of time together, they've done things they haven't done before. And that really come across well for me is if they've done something, they've achieved something together, regardless of if they're to come away with money or not, it was an experience worth doing. And it, I think it genuinely changed their lives just doing that, really, just taking part in the show. So that was quite 
I think that was quite authentic. And mm-hmm. like you say, all, all the all the contestants were great. I don't think you could say they are definitely not soulless. They're definitely no. entertaining and all the rest of it. You mentioned Sophia the Guardian. That was the first review that was shared, wasn't it? This one star review. But as the Guardian always do, they they did another review where they reviewed it five star, I think. But they didn't really. No one really saw that one. It's a bit of a cop out, really. <laughs> but that one was exactly what you've been saying. They thought it was a complete success, like this, and mm. the contestants were empathetic. Because I, I know that Josh and Kamara as well. Near the end of the the show, they sort of said, "Since having our kids, we've hardly spent any time." Yes, together. yeah. This yeah. is like the first real time they spent, you know, doing something as outrageous as this. And then, of course, you had the the guys from Belfast, the the father and son who mm. barely yeah. seen each other. But you could tell they were very close, which was lovely, I thought. I, I thought that uh, one of the scenes, you know, when they, they were driving across the desert again. Right. And every time I see desert, now it's quantum of solace. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. All I'm gonna <laughs> about. So they're driving across there and they're having a father and son heart to heart. And he's saying, I was never there for you because I was on an oil rig all the time. Never, I missed all the birthdays and stuff. And you could see his son genuinely feel emotional yeah. and, and 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 this was the journey for them too i think it brought them closer together they worked together as a team and that's what they're looking for when they pick contestants you work together as a team and going back to what you were saying about both those nurses were ex-military right they were mm. they they're immersed in that life uh, they've seen a lot of trauma served in afghanistan was in a helicopter that was blown up uh, experienced ptsd themselves and uh, and so got a lot of a big backstory but they what I loved about the, the nurses is that they really got on with it they got they made a decision in uh, within a minute because under pressure they're trained in the military to make decisions just like that and when they were answering the questions to me they were the they were the ones that almost did it you know within t- two minutes yeah it's this this and this where everybody else was contemplating and I don't know, did you like it how some of them were dragging the decision or would you be the same answering the questions, dragging the decisions and making it so painful? Towards the end, Brian Cox liked to do his little trick where he'd ring him like, but are you £200,000 sure? <laughs> That's psychology, yeah, isn't it? A bit of deal or no yeah. deal, didn't it, the, that sort yeah. of time? Yeah. It was a bit crazy, yeah. wasn't it? But I don't want to give yeah. you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would. You, your mind would suddenly go, even if you knew it. Then, you, as soon as you think about the amount of money that's at stake, you're going to have a break. Yeah. I'd, I'd take ages. I'd take absolutely ages and just go I through multiple choice. The, I absolutely yeah, hate awful. multiple choice in life because you can justify everything, can't you? Yeah. Even if there's like just a hundred pounds on offer, you're going to really think about it. Yeah. Right. yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's because when you work in a team, you don't want to let the other person down. Yeah. And yeah. and who's going to have it? It's got to be that. But those nurses were making it. Yeah, we're going for it. Yeah, we both agree. Yeah. And it was yeah. just really yeah. nine I out think of they ten. Did a count, didn't they? One, two, three. They'd count. Oh, and, gosh. Yeah. yeah, I thought, wow. You can see what your training has really made. Because, you know, I suppose when you're under you know, life-threatening situations, you have to make it quick. And she actually said that right at the beginning when it was in – you join them in episode two somewhere and they've already already earned £10,000. So yeah. you don't join everybody. I'm not sure if I liked that bit. There's a couple, um, I think they were from Liverpool or Newcastle, Danielle and I forgot the other lady's name. And we joined them, them in episode four. I think they just did 10000 or during Venice or something. And then... Um, yeah, the Scottish, yeah. I've Scottish, got them written right. down here, yeah. 
Yeah. We, we didn't and... see the, the first one. All we saw was a question about Ven in Venice, how many visitors or something like that. Mm. Yes, that's right. Did you get it right? Did you get the question right? Yet? Um, yes, I think I did on that one, actually. But... I know. Uh, again, I can't. I think they were on, that were on four. But, uh, and also, I don't think it was very clear about the prize levels as well. You, yeah. I was always second-guessing how much they were winning. So, really, we find that the first level is, I think, 5,000, then 10, then 50, then 100, then 300. It goes like that. But it was always chopping and changing for me. So, I never was clear on that. How would they decide what challenge warrants that prize level? Because it seemed yeah. a bit not consistent, it seemed all over the place. So I'd like to see what would have been like the end goal, because how could you make, you, you know, you've just climbed up the, the Sugarloaf Mountain and then just gone on a cable car. How could you then advance that and go, right, we, we, we're going to put you in a pit pool of piranhas or something like that, you know, yeah. for a million. <laughs> <laughs> how, where, where do you go from there, you know? There were some... Very scary ones, but it, it would depend on your personal feel. You know, like there was the snake yeah. one early on, wasn't there? That people, some people, were like, right, I can't, I'm not, I'm not touching a snake. That's the end of it. Oh, do that, you mean the boa constrictor, that big one? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Was, wow. I thought that was a great question because it's like, how how long does it? How long is it? And you think, oh, that's so unfair. How on earth are they going to know that? Yeah. Well, measure You've got one here, you can, and they did it with the crocodile teeth as well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I was going to say. Yeah, the tarantula. Yes, another one. Yeah, wasn't she clever? How she weighed that? Yeah, it's her again. <clears throat> she was brilliant. She, she won the money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the she money. worshipped him, didn't she? She worshipped. She yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Bob yes. giving him loads of credit. Yeah, yeah. and and because she knows, I think what he'd been through, and we don't always yeah. see that side of it. But so they worked. I, I think they. I think everyone worked as a great team, and those uh, people were picked because they really were team players. Whatever combination, whether you were two friends or husband and wife or whatever, you know. So I, I've got a lot to live up to if I go into. I was going to say, you, you know, you you've got this application down. You know what's needed. Perfect. You know what's required. I know. Don't talk about Bond. I know Bond. I sort of like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my sister, she's she's better than me. She knows dates, everything. She's even more geeky here, and she. So I've got to play it down like here. We just and you and don't forget as well the couple of the Kamal, um, the husband and wife team, and the Bone Brothers were always talking about struggling with money and growing yeah. up with very little. Yeah. And yeah. always having to fight for everything. And so that's why it was really important for them, working as a team to get as much and as far as they can. But they were really jo- enjoying the experience, weren't they? They were living mm, yes, it, weren't exactly. they? Who yeah. wouldn't want that? Did, did you see what the Bone Brothers would, when they got into doing one of the tasks, I, I forgot where, Chile, Brazil, I've lost count now where it <laughs> was. But next minute, they're in a five-star luxury hotel with a butler. And, and yeah, Jamaica, that, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And I thought, gosh, is that how you treat it? Golden Eye, yeah. Golden Eye, oh, yeah. In, in Golden Eye, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, they, was a, that was a nice touch. That was great. It was. The only complaint is they didn't manage to finish the food, did they? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. It was like no, Kevin McAllister with his theme, macaroni cheese. The interesting thing was the episode eight, the closing episode. I mean, I, I wrote to you, Thomas, didn't I? I said yesterday, we're just reviewing the first five episodes. And when you said, oh, we're doing all of it, I binge-watched <laughs> I binge watched to one oh, o'clock good. this morning, the last, the last five or oh, four, whatever it is. Wow. 
No, I did it because I thought, no, I want to get to the end of this and I don't know why I've taken so long because I've got I've been busy with work. And I liked how Amazon allow you to either binge watch it all or like I liked The Crown as well. Sorry, I know this isn't anything to do with it, but <laughs> when you watch one episode, then you want to watch the next one and yeah. that's that's what I did. And I think that's why they started episode one with that Matera scene with the big crane because they wanted to hook people in. They wanted to really hook the viewer and they definitely hooked me in, in those opening scenes. Yeah. I would have liked it, like you said, to say I had to work out Skyfall and all. There were nine films I think I worked out that were represented in the eight episodes. So I'm, I'm sure you, you, you all know which it is. But it's episode eight that was extremely interesting. Did you feel that it ended fairly or do you think it was set up to end like that? Oh, Sounds as if you do then. <laughs> well, there is, there, I, and I'll tell, so on the last one, we know that the biggest clincher wasn't a question, it was the shootout. It was everyone had to have a shootout. And the nurses who were ex military obviously have handled weapons. And if you look how their five points on the targets on the door were set up, it didn't look as far as the Bone Brothers and yeah. The Kamara and Joel's targets were, they yeah. looked difficult and further. And if we look at the nurses, it's timed three minutes or the case explodes. And they had one second and yeah. they hit the last target. And so I thought, wow, that was lucky. But these are military ladies that handled guns before, so they've done well here. So when we get to the Bone Brothers and the champagne bottles and the targets, <laughs> I tell you what, I thought, no way you're going to hit it. And they didn't. And they're out. The case blew up and then we get to the other couple and theirs is on a mountain or something and it looks so far away and she's got a bad eye. So yeah. <laughs> and I said, I don't even have to, I can take a bet they're gonna fail, and they did. So I yeah. I, I did think whether if, if the contestant had done it in an order, I reckon the nurses might have done it later later than the others. And I wonder yeah. if they had any kind of control over the explosions, if they that could, bit, yeah. you know, actually, as in the, the producers or whatever, you know, they could just oh, blow it. Because the other the other clue I thought was that they got the Aston Martin and I reckon they'd set aside the Aston Martin for some contestants and they were the only yeah. ones that got it. They must have re- done that fairly retrospectively, like, because yeah. they got the first. Anyway, that's my theory, Adam. And it's the right one. That was my theory because they drove away and we end it with that, DB5 going away, don't we? Yeah. I think we, we end it with the, the girls driving it off. Yeah, well, that was and, in the trailer. That's why I was... Yeah, but, and that's how it ends. Spoiled. But the thing is, I thought, it looked a bit of a setup for me. I don't know. The nice thing is, they all got away with 300000 at the end. And that's... Mm. Even Stevens, isn't it funny how they all ended with the same yeah. package? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not my volume back up yet. Yeah, you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we wrapped it. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, well, it's interesting because it's all about skill, isn't it? Rather than actual trivia questions, it's like, and you've got to think about it. if you're using coordination and things like that in freezing cold temperatures as well, just to add to it mm. and your vision and all the rest of it, it adds more to it. But yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a bit of a harsh way to end it. But it would have been interesting to see the next step to see what would have happened after that. Mm. I think, and hopefully, we get that next series. And I'm sure. London will feature prominently in the next series. I've got this feeling because it's it's the easiest, probably the cheapest location to go to, isn't it, for them? Yeah. You're talking about cold temperatures. I mean, my knee's twice as cold in winter. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> the name's Bone. James Bone. And this is my brother. Jerry Bone. 
And you're and listening you guys to are listening to the Really the 007 Podcast. Podcast. And hope you enjoy it, guys. Kieran, it's not a spoiler, is it? But you will be up for applying for Series 2. So I want to I want to hear about your sort of journey with the show. Basically, you don't want to be, if you do apply, you don't want to be one of the, I think there's a couple of couples who, they were like in two minutes, and that was it, they were gone. Those two ex-coppers. Yeah, the two sisters at the start in Skyfall area, They got at least they got a good 20 minutes, didn't they, of getting their only question wrong, but... Yeah, those two guys, the Stalag type one I've written down, wrong, that's it, see you later. And then I've got, so these these guys, Colin and Daniel, the first two, we didn't see them because yeah. the first one we saw them was the dog one with the tarot cards. And then the next one, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were in one episode, bless them. Obviously, you'd have a brilliant time, even if you got onto it and did one question, but you might be edited out. <laughs> I know, it's... it's, it's a calculated risk. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my fear for this podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, don't worry, Phil. You're all right. You're still in it. Yeah. It was interesting. <laughs> I mean, obviously, with the ex officers, and they, it was somewhat relatable for me. Yeah. Uh, and it's true what Sophia says as well about the nurses, in the sense, the slight caveat here, uh, obviously, their training in not just the military, but also the emergency front line, it's instinctive, and you just go forth. I wouldn't know how I would react under those circumstances, because I've never been in those. But in regards to your question, I would say, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm applying. The cat is out the back. <laughs> I have found somebody with whom to apply. He's in the military, so cop, oh. military. Uh, hopefully we're going to be a good physical pair. And yep. I mean, obviously when you're sitting at home, it's a lot easier to answer the questions and of course, you know, point out the correct answer. Oh, it's that one. Oh, no, it's not. But of course you've got the added pressures when you're actually out there for real. But some of the questions I found quite nauseatingly easy, but then others quite nauseatingly difficult. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I think unless you're actually in that situation, you will have no idea exactly how you're going to react. But um, I think, it, you know, you've got to apply. If you don't go for it, you'll never know. And you've got to be in it to win it. So we shall see. But I think for me, I would like to say I would throw myself in full-blooded because not just as a Bond fan, but just that sense of adventure. It just looks the most amazing experience that they all had. And I would love to undertake a venture such as that. I mean, I would have joined you, Kieran, but I am so scared of heights. That, <laughs> no, I, I can't, that's it, the first one. Oh. I think I think we can let the cat out the bag for a second time because you, Tom, were the first person I actually asked. Oh well, mm. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> I'm not in the military. It is not me going. <laughs> but it's amazing how many people I actually asked. I mean, it started off yourself. I even asked Harry, and then I branched out further afield, and people couldn't for one or two reasons, whether it be job commitments, family commitments, etc. And then eventually, I started clutching at straws, thinking that this November, let's let's just find somebody. So I was I was messaging virtually everyone who I thought could at least walk. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I suppose with a million pounds prize, you could I, I could yeah, afford need so, yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, so so, but though no, thankfully, uh, my friend Johnny gracefully accepted he sent his video in we shall see but it would be amazing to undertake and whether we go far or i mean even if we get the gig for crying out loud but yeah. whether we go far or go out in the first round 
it would just be an experience to say the least. Well, I suppose when you were thinking about watching it, you didn't you didn't even know whether you liked the show. Never mind. Wow, I'd love to do this. So it must have been great to watch and enjoy. Uh, for me, I mean, similar to what Harry said, I think obviously because we was I was underwhelmed when the announcement came in October that obviously it was this and it wasn't a film or anything in connection with a new film. And it was underwhelming, as I'm sure a lot of Bond experience, fans experienced themselves. But watching it, I was very pleasantly surprised. And it went from a feeling of being underwhelmed to actually feeling quite excited and optimistic about the future, maybe. Um, if, if Amazon can pull their strings and actually prove some influence, what can they do in regards to a cinematic release? And what Harry said is just is bang on here. The fact is, watching that, you get the little cues of music, you get the dinner jackets, they're trying them on, they're looking at the watches, they're drinking Bollinger. It's actually just made me more excited about these flavours and spices of Bond than mm. I have been in a while. It's, I've, I've been revisiting all these, these scenes and all these climactic moments from the film franchise, and it's just been wonderful. It's evoked so many happy memories watching them. Oh, yeah, they do that. Oh, fabulous. And it's just been a joy to watch in that regard. And the cinematography, of course, has been wonderful. And I'm sure on the big screen, it was even more spectacular. There's, there's a lot of <laughs> with this. Of course, teething troubles. Every show will yeah. have teething troubles. But from those teething troubles, hopefully they will learn and move forward positively. I think one of the most ludicrous criticisms of the series has been that, oh, they should be spending time doing the next Bond film. This series has in no way delayed the yeah. next I mean, the input from from Barbara, Michael, and people at Eon has probably been fairly minimal, mm -hmm. and it hasn't distracted them at all. I mean, I think the main things that Eon are up against at the moment, they've had the writer's strike in America. They've also had the um, actor's strike in America as well. And, and so nothing is going to happen um, while those things were going on. I mean, some of those have been resolved now but um certainly this program has not deflected eon's attention away from what they're going to do with the next bond film and i think that's one of the reasons that a lot of fans have been against it because they've thought that it has but it, it really hasn't you are right you're absolutely spot on phil i, I cannot i cannot disagree with anything you've said it's 100 it has not affected anything like that but i think I've got to be honest, I thoroughly enjoyed that, but I kind of understand the frustration. It's nothing to do with Road to a Million. You know, Road to a Million is something separate. But when you've been waiting for years for some Bond announcement because the previous Bond's dead, you are hoping for that. And I'm not saying it's anything to do with Road to a Million, but I think it's more an aspect of the frustration of fandom of where the state of the film franchise is, that they're just so desperate for something. And it was just unfortunate that Road to a Million was a thing that was announced, and that's the thing that's going to get beaten with the whipping stick, which is unfair mm. on that. But I, do, I think it's more a state of fans' frustration about the series, rightly or wrongly. Ian, we're obviously always going to wait for... No Time to Die to come out before they even considered what came next. Mm. The fact that then the these strikes were going on after that was is is what has caused no sort of thing to happen. Um, they've, they've taken a break to sort of just find out what people thought of Bond dying, and they wanted to see what the reaction was, and then 
Um, there are circumstances beyond their control that have then stepped in and meant that they can't do anything, which is always, it's always happened over the last God knows how long. People will always complain about since Cubby went, they've not done, they've always been these delays, but the delays have always been involuntary. It's always been MGM in financial trouble numerous times or writer's strikes. They've never actually stopped production voluntarily as such because they want to get the Bond films out, especially as um, if the laws don't change regarding copyright. Um, in, what is it, 20, uh, 2034, Bond's going to go into public domain because that'll be 70 years after Ian Fleming died. That's not far <laughs> away now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting. It's almost as if they were saying in the contract of Amazon when they took over, like, we, we, wanna, we want these films here, but we want to produce a series. Mm. And I'm wondering if they actually toyed over... Should we go down the route of what Disney do with Star Wars and do like saying like The Mandalorian and have different or would that cause more trouble for fans? Because I think if you go down that route, then you're, you're going to cause a, a few, you know, this got a negative reaction. God knows what that would have if, you you know, you did like, I don't know, Spectre spinoff or a Money Penny spinoff or something like that. So it'd be interesting to see what was what sort of deals were done. And if obviously going forwards, Michael's getting a lot older now. So whether he's going to hand over the reins um, and whether the extra producing duties were, you know, testing the waters for their future films and things like that. Well, well were any of you at the No Time Sky premiere? Because um, no. when Barbara was talking about Michael, that was very much a sort of, it had the feel, this is this is Michael's retirement. They, they, obviously, they didn't say that, but it was just the way she was talking about him. It was, it, it, this is, um, that th- th- was sort of almost a handover. Hundred percent. It felt almost like the end of an era. Yeah, swan song for Michael. But apparently, this series also predates the Amazon takeover yeah. of, of MGM. <laughs> but it was so, going on for years and years, wasn't it? The negotiations. So probably a bit of a sort of period, you know, an intermediary period where it was going to happen anyway. But yes, Kieran, are there any tasks that you thought, goodness me, I couldn't do that, or I would struggle with, or I wouldn't want to do that? Yeah, hundred um, <laughs> percent. I think I think I think the biggest one. I mean, the the crocodiles were unnerving. Um, sorry, um, again, for Phil, close your ears. Um, <laughs> that was unnerving, but that didn't. Wouldn't I can say that sitting on my sofa, mm. warm and the dry with you know from no, the, no. from from where I am. But no, um, that I don't think would have phased me as much. The one that would have phased me would have been the tarantula, because I'll be honest. I've always hated big spiders, not so much because of the size, but it's the massive abdomen that they have, and it just gives me the, gives me the creeps. It makes my teeth itch. Um, You're making me paranoid, uh, honestly. <laughs> and uh, I mean, what what Bond goes through in Doctor No when obviously he finds yes. the spider in his bed that 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 is how I would react, and that would have been a massive struggle for me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, heights, I would like to say I'm fine. I would have gone underwater, cold, mountains, the works. Unfortunately, the creepy crawlies are not my legged best friend. Well, for, for me, it would be more scary if I'd have had to have, uh, find out the weight of uh, Pierce Brosnan and had to get him out of a cage or something. But, uh... <laughs> Great way to meet him. I think that's the one thing with this show. The All the challenges are almost tailor-made. They're unique. They will play to certain people's strengths and certain people's weaknesses. And, yeah, I think whatever any of us are lucky to succeed in, you know, taking the reins on this show, we will soon find out. Yeah, I think that would have been my most challenging. Put that in your application form. There'll yeah. be 
definitely going to put you up with tarantulas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's know. true. <laughs> in your application form, you've never read a Bond book. You've never seen a Bond film. <laughs> Just stay at home with your pet spider. Yeah, and make sure you do not put Kira meets the stars on your uh, on your channel. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> that, that old thing will haunt me to my grave. I tell you. Um, yeah, it's, it's, oh yeah, no, I, duly noted, chaps. Duly noted. <laughs> Is there any sort of elements of Bond that you thought they could have done more of? Like I. I had the idea maybe, I don't know whether it would work, but it could have had a, a Bond actor at some point in it. Or It's yeah. quite difficult when you're between films as well, isn't it? Because there's no ongoing Money Penny, possibly, or M at the moment. That's that's a good good point, actually. Like I said, the Easter eggs were, were really nice to see. Lots of little nuggets there for the diehard Bond fans. But I think similar to what John has said and Harry as well, you know, if there had just been elements where there'd have been a small introduction, maybe by a Bond actor, so somebody who's been in the franchise, whether it be Naomi Harris, Ben Wishaw, or even just a narration, that would have been quite nice. Um, well, I think if 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 Roger, God bless his soul, was still with us, then quite possibly we'd have had him. Oh, that's a good shout. 100%. But maybe just just more clips of the films and mm. definitely the use of more Barry in the school. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That that was slightly disappointing on my part because anyone who knows me knows how much I adore John Barry. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so I would say those elements, but it's about navigating that fine line, pushing the envelope, but not going overboard because we want to obviously appeal to the diehards like us, but also attract a brand new audience. So the, 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 the possibilities are now endless. Brilliant. Oh, I'm looking forward to series two now and seeing what they do, whether they, I don't, I mean, it's a bit, you could do it a bit like no deal or no deal where you, you see what you would have had to do. Bond or not bond. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder whether the the tasks that people didn't complete, they might use them. Yeah, in the next series because obviously you don't want to blow all the locations in the first series, and you want to. No, I mean there's so many places they they're going to go to. Let's hope in, in the next. Get to the Eiffel Tower. Oh, <laughs> forget <laughs> that Eiffel Tower. <laughs> We're going to space. You just bought On that note, on that note, I am going to have to fly. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sorry, I, I had to get that in there. But no, genuinely, it's been, it's been great to discuss this new show. And like I say, massive surprise for me. And it sounds like it was for all you guys as well. So it's been a pleasure to meet all the newbies and share the love with you guys at the same time. Fantastic, Q. In a long time since I've been described as a newbie. (laughs) (laughs) Would anyone have thought, should the contestants have met? I thought they were going to meet at that that casino. But would you would you have liked them to sit like a normal reality show where they might all mm. see each other at the beginning and then this is your mission mm. you must go out or something like they could have or, or maybe they should have worked against each other. Yes, yes. Well, that could be something for, like you're told. You could be told so, that 007 and 008 mm. now they've reached the next stage. You need to get it done within the next you know day, otherwise you're out or something like that. I don't. Know. You could have two teams. You could have the double O's and the Spectre agents, and they were. Yeah. Yeah, these are these are great. It could be like the living daylights Gibraltar scene where we got all the double O's yeah. playing, they just have to jump out. 
Oh, oh. right, mate. That is. <laughs> if, if that's the case, you need Paul Weston. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get some paintball yeah. guns. You're dead. Hold on, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> that could be the the first scene, couldn't it, from the next series, the new series? You could really could all start in Gibraltar, jump a day, mate, or jumping off a dam. Who knows? Yeah, it's what I'm a celebrity. Oh. <laughs> Well, there was a lot of people who couldn't give a damn, but because um... <laughs> people have been a bit sniffy, a bit snooty that oh, it's reality TV. But then you're like, oh, so you don't watch Bake Off? Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah. Oh, you don't. <laughs> so you don't you like don't... dancing? Oh no, I love that. And there's a sort of sniffiness, isn't there, to some of this that I don't. It's Bond, you know, and there's an expectation of certain people that it has to be a film and it's yeah. traditional and all of this. And I think that's the big problem with it yeah. is because it isn't a traditional thing. It's saying that they haven't gone done before. It's a new avenue. But for the likes of us, I think, it, like I say, the Easter eggs were great. For the one thing, it was a bit like watching Spectre. You know, when you, you saw them references in Spectre and they didn't have a clue what they were about. Like, What's this about Spectre? Who is it? And it's like, for crying out loud, we, you know, us as Bond fans are like, Screaming out of the the film, yeah. saying, "You know, we, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit like that." You know. With their partners to sort of have that smug sort of, oh, this yeah. is a bit from whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, for a lot of people, that's that's a, that's a good thing. So, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite TV programs. To uh, I love the traitors, like Harry said. Yeah. I absolutely love Race Across the World. Race Across the World is one of my complete and utter favorite TV programs. And I think that, well, I think this has been inspired by it, certainly. But I think that that's why they didn't do the kind of head-to-head thing, because that is the whole point of Race Across the World, is it's a, it's a every man for themselves who gets there first. They're the winners full stop. And I think that you need something to differentiate it from that. Because in a lot of ways, the concept is very, very similar in yeah, this programme. Yeah. And and I think that that, to me, was why they never met. And that, to me, was why they never directly went up against each other, that it was a genuine, each person had their own individual mission. That's my thoughts on it. Uh, I don't know if anybody has seen Race Across the World, identifies with those similarities, agrees or disagrees or anything like that. Well, yeah. that's another program, sorry, that colleagues have mentioned. A lot of my colleagues talk about Race Across the World. I've never seen it and they love it. I'd love to watch it. But it's good to hear now that those same colleagues are talking about Road to a Million, as in yeah. it is now in the staff room conversation. Yeah. You don't watch any of these reality. In fact, I'd, in, in a confession, I actually don't watch much television these days at all. My, my, if I do, I, I spend my day watching... Um, Episodes of Coronation Street and Golden Girls, but um, <laughs> so it actually yeah. a good thing. Actually, watching something different. Yeah, yeah. Half the audience or a sizable proportion will be, wow, that looks amazing. I'd love to do that. Go around the world and do this quiz and do all these things. I don't know Bond that well, but I'm really into this. And then the others who are like, well, you know, it's I don't. I'm a massive Bond fan. I don't really like this kind of thing. But I'll give it a go. And then, oh, actually, no, I quite liked it. I've not heard of anyone. Most of the criticism was why are they doing it? And I don't want to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. I've known who's seen it has got a better of opinion of it than they had when they went in. And like I always, it's like what Mark Commode says if, you, if you're going with the, to watch a film with a bad attitude, you won't enjoy it. If it's just, sort of Craig, not Bond. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, absolutely, yes. A bit like when Casino L came out. If you're going in, I'm going to hate this. I don't like it. I don't agree with what they're doing. 
just watch it for what it is and mm -hmm. and it and it's probably a lot better than a lot of these shows as well i do think it was well done it was well edited i know we've mentioned the music a bit but there was like an original sort of score in the background it wasn't a bond score but there was music for some of it and then of course they used mainly off the craig films for the, the thing but that i don't know i quite i quite enjoyed that i thought that that some, it shouldn't work should it really on paper because you if you're so geeky and you know the exact scene it comes from, you're like, oh, why have, why have they put that on here? But I don't know. I think it's quite nice to have these different pieces involved with it. Yeah, I think they could have played more music, to be quite honest. I, I think we missed out on that. That's what I'd like to see more in series two. I think Kieran mentioned that as well, a bit of John Barry and uh, yeah. or, or, because people really relate and connect the music to Bonds as well. And it's a nice way of mm. slipping that one in. Going back to the race across the world, they all meet in, um, is it Greenwich or somewhere? And then they all set off at the same time. And then it is a race and the, the last man or team that gets there wins it all. But in this road to a million, everybody has the right to a million. Yeah. So yeah. you've got yeah. 12 contestants or nine, but you all are equal. So it's you're, you're pitted against your general knowledge and your skill set of strength, you know what I mean, and experience to get to that million. So it's really working with your team player and yourself. That's what you're up against, really. And they never let anybody meet anybody, which is quite interesting, uh, especially at that casino scene yeah. when they all got dressed up. I thought, oh, well, they're all there. Can't they see each other? And they just put them in different locations. Yeah. But they never connected. Not sure... I'm not sure why they didn't do it. And at the end, you got to see a book with their pictures and stories. Each person saw mm. them, didn't they? Oh, look at this and where you ended. I'm not sure if that could have been done differently for the next series. But I mean, they might have met up off screen, mightn't they? You know, when they were all in Scotland, they, they might have done and. You might yeah, and they might that. they might have planned the final. Yeah. They do face off against it. You know, you don't know. Yes, yeah. They could swap partners, couldn't they? That would be an interesting challenge. Oh yeah, wow, wow. Keys, keys, keys in the Yeah. Oh dear. The casino one was very good because it had them doing it exactly. You knew that was at the same time. Yeah. You were thinking, I was like, oh, they're either going to cheer and then everyone's going to notice and everything. But that, yeah. I did. I, goodness me, they did. They did well, and that was. That Bone Brothers one was really good. How they they thought about it, thought about it, talked it through, and then yes, they, they got the answer through just common sense, really, more than anything. That's probably what I don't have, and that's why I'm <laughs> 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 oh, I Can I just say um, that there's something about the way that you say Bone Brothers that is a game. <laughs> is it is it good or bad? Or... It's just it's just the way you say it. It's, it's yeah okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> The finale in uh, in Switzerland was mm -hmm. there was it was quite epic how they got there as well because there were obviously the nurses had the most epic mm -hmm. three or four different stages to them getting there mm -hmm. and, you th and at this stage none of us know how far it's going to go on but then you worry like oh there's only twenty minutes left of the episode oh well hang on they're only on uh, <laughs> yeah three hundred thousand yeah <laughs> I don't know whether it would have been four hundred then five hundred I, I think it might have been. 500 and then a million, maybe. Who knows? Asking them to do a lot of that stuff does mean you can't just be a random person who is not physically fit. You're going to have to, to get that far, you're going to have yeah. to. And I think you could tell those those two nurses were the best in terms of fitness, certainly. So that was good. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And 
John, please, are you, are you worried that there was not... Well, they did have... We have all the time in the world, didn't they? I, right. So yeah. I, I was talking to you while I was watching this, yeah. and you guys, and I, was, I sent a message like, this is the greatest thing ever. Because the minute I'm seeing this DB5 being driven there, and yeah. that, to me, was the point where I thought, no, these girls actually do like James Bond, and this is being pulled back a bit in the editing, because... Mm. It, yeah. They they it weren't they were loving driving the DB5, but they were love, loving doing the gadgets as well. Yes, it wasn't yeah. just like oh yeah. we've got a supercar. I'm thinking no, these guys actually do like James Bond. It doesn't have to be an obsession. And I was like, this is incredible. And I was thinking, you know, we're driving to Switzerland. We're in it. This is only leading to one place, and that, this is what did it. This is leading to one place. And the fact it didn't finish at Piss yeah. Gloria yeah, that was great. Yeah. absolutely destroyed me. And like, <laughs> and like, you know, you know when they were walking up to Brian Cox's room and uh, through the Alps, I was thinking they're going to walk up and they're going to end up in the Alpine room. It's going to be the Alpine room, and I was getting so excited. And <laughs> and genuinely, right, that to me that it didn't end there was far more of a disappointment than the fact no one won a million pounds. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, that's where it needs to end. So I mean, all I can say is they might have planned, they, maybe they did plan, maybe it kept going yeah. up the mountain. Maybe, do you think that would have been like the next phase, like 500 saying, grand They kept, they kept saying at that point when they got to the final episode, it was like just three more questions and you're there kind of. They'd never, like for me watching it, you know, it was like, I, I assumed obviously fairly deftly that someone might get to the to the million. Yeah, yeah. And it was like three more questions to do it. And I was, you know, something like, oh, right, maybe it's going to be in quick succession and it's all going to take place on this mountain. And I was expecting Pitt's Gloria. And then, you know, check him out. Watch, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like, hold on, this is episode eight. <laughs> and yeah, there's still three questions. Um, right, we're now in the last five minutes. There's still three questions. Right. Oh, they don't get past yeah. this next one. Yeah. I thought the shooting, because... Because they struggled so much, I thought one of them was going to be given another chance. But I, I, yeah, it was very odd that because were they real bullets or was anything coming out of them? It was like tilt, 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 tilt. Like, I didn't yeah, know. It was just like, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise it seemed like abs- it was quite funny how impossible it looked. <laughs> well, the girls got it right in one way because they just shot relentlessly, whereas yeah. the Bone Brothers. Like you know, kept like really slowly reloading, yeah. Yeah. and then and then they couldn't get their eye. To the, neither of them could get their eye to the lens. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it would just uh, it would just math stag do all the double O seven GB thing at point yes. blank in Manchester, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it did. It looked so much nearer there, one. <laughs> the, the nurses. Yeah. Yeah. I did think that was a bit harsh. You know, I think yeah. so. You get all that way, and then it's just defined on your. Coordinate, yeah. coordination or whatever. But yeah, definitely, I think Pierce Glory would have been the finale. That would just yeah. make sense, doesn't uh, it? Just to have that on there. I think what I would say is 300 grand is an absurd amount of money on a game show anyway, yeah. you know, in yeah. terms of like, so Race Across the World, which is ridiculous in terms of what they have to go through. You know, you get given £2,000 budget, the air flight budget of what it is, and you have to literally travel across a whole continent or beyond that just on trains or whatever, and it's the quickest one there. And you have to work to build up. So you are doing physically stuff, and they're there for, I think the last one was seven weeks or something like that. And the, the end price is 20 grand. 
So, so yeah, you think, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you the cost of doing it, yeah. is it? Exactly. Yeah. So you think? So I, I'm thinking to myself, like, three hundred grand is a crazy amount of winnings, anyway. So whilst it does seem a bit unfair that it then goes into specialist hand-eye coordination for that, you know what? If I ended up winning three hundred grand, I'd be just like, that'll do me. That'll do <laughs> me absolutely. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was Chris how they found out as well, and they got the the bags of cash. Yeah, and I'm sure that's all around the you know Grindelwald area. Very, it is it is near Peace Gloria, all that. So I do think John made <laughs> yeah, but they were they were already quite high up though, weren't they? The nurses when they had all that stuff going on with the pictures of the contestants and everything. So mm. anyway, it'll be on it'll be on again, won't it? Yeah, yeah. I just thought the strangest thing was though they actually just gave him the cash. I'm surprised no one just come and nicked it earlier, you know. <laughs> that money just coming along. Yeah. And they're just yeah. getting it out. They're getting they're getting yeah. wads of cash out. Like, what are you doing? See you later, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not just gonna mess about with it, are you? So look at like the bus station and train station. Come and mug me, you know. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a bit bizarre, I thought that was but I you know what? I think Special mention goes to the cameramen because they must have had a yeah. cameraman following them all the way, doing yes. all these things or something on the outside. I was like, how on earth do they capture all of that? So um, I thought that was pretty impressive. The stuff you going back see. to Kieran talking about his fears and phobias, and you know, if I was to be on it or anything like that, there is always a camera crew right there with you, and surely, like you know, when they're like climbing and oh. you know attaching themselves, surely they've been they've had some kind of oh, safety yeah. chat and there's yeah. like someone who's actually clipped them on and yeah so i think you'd i think you'd always feel safer than than you think terrible then, TV, you know, just uh guys yeah, so just you've got to have the rope tight and you must always yeah <laughs> just the cameraman filming you as you plummet yeah yeah <laughs> well it's definitely the team behind Jim. i don't think they do they might do a lot of things with drones nowadays as well uh yeah, shots yeah. that you, you that, that they start using that now but when there's real people involved and uh safety yeah. aspects you can guarantee there's probably a really big production team behind it but you never get to see that it always tries to look like you're yeah. on your own but you're never on your own so when those bags of money were there it, I, I was looking for just normal people wandering around the station and there wasn't any when the db5 was being driven through switzerland there wasn't one car on the road that's how i want to drive switzerland there's no traffic yeah. on the road yeah. i want to do england <laughs> like that <laughs> and i thought yeah because that car's probably half a million i mean if it's a yeah. classic you know and, and it comes out of uh, barbara broccoli's museum i don't know so they've just got the luxury of riding it so they've got to protect that gear. You can't have a dint in it or anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. Going up a mountain. Yeah. No. But, would I be right in saying that the DB5 has never been driven on snow in any of the films? Mm. Goldfinger, it gets it's, there's some snow-capped mountains that he's near, but that's about it. Yeah. But it's it's on the road he drives, though, isn't it? Yes. Even yeah. So, like, they were doing something that not even James Bond's done. Yeah. Bond Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Olivia. never been driven underwater either. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. When you think or in space, that, you don't think of quantum. <laughs> you think of road to a million. So, oh, yeah. I didn't like the water deep dive thing, and I think that's one thing that would bother me is the deep I'm dive. The same. I can't do that. Oh yeah, can't do that. Remember no what way. he said: anybody who's not skilled can hold the breath for ninety seconds or something to go down. So you yeah. can do it. You know, you can go take your breath and go down, and yeah. you know, pick that lock or whatever they were doing. And uh, to get that case, and I thought, mm, and it's murky water as well. 
bit yeah. Titanic for me, but you know, <laughs> not quite properly. <laughs> but uh, the boys did it. That, I that mean, was a tough yeah. one. I wish he came up with a big Brosnan over the top breathing like he does in the world is not enough. But it was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they should have been doing. Like, yeah. The best Brosnan impressions. Yeah. <laughs> well, imagine at the at the end if if whoever's successful, you were presented to it by the current Bond. You know, they gave you the money, or I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There isn't one. Well, exactly. Yeah. Oh, no. oh greatness. Well, who knows? <laughs> just to uh, just to conclude matters, who knows when the next series comes out? Will we have heard anything about the next Bond? A year if... from now, probably. You think? You think? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Good. Right, good. At least it's going to be released I, next year. From now we will at least know something is happening. Yeah. Whether we know what is happening is another matter, but we'll know something is happening. This isn't a spoiler for the final episode, Rob, but. In the final episode, there was did no one think anything of it? Or was it just me being too keen? But they made reference to Bach's music and how they sent it into into interstellar space. No, Whoa. oh, and then um, you know I thought that because going into it, I remember chatting to you, Tom. I was thinking, you know, I can remember when we saw a poster, yeah. but you know, before it came out, like we was, I think we were speculating, will it lead to anything? You know, will there be a reveal at the end? But yeah, it mentioned that in the final episode. I thought, oh, maybe, and then. It, at the end, when it's no longer relevant, it still showed his little figurine of that rocket. They he, he like they just put Brian oh. Cox ended by putting that on the table. I, I don't know if there's anything in that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They have a, a remake of Moonraker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of final shots, though, the new series. Yeah, speaking of final shots, did anyone was not the most bizarre? Don't think it was. Re- yeah, really bizarre. The <laughs> clip that they chose to show. I have no idea. Yeah, what's right, I know, Rob. You can't. <laughs> It's so memorable, the last shot. I can't remember it, even though it was on the clock. This <laughs> yeah, from Bond, from oh, Bond. That's forgettable. It was, it was weird. It was, it was, a, it was almost Bond like clip. a, you know, like a cliffhanger kind of yeah. moment. Yeah. You know, but what, like, I, this I, is I, what's going to happen next next time, maybe. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it seemed to be suggesting that, but it, yeah. but I, I didn't, it was really odd. <laughs> Not unless they've got it all planned out already. But wouldn't it be funny, though, the second series and everyone bombed out on the first question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. All yeah. oh, right, they've all gone. <laughs> what are we doing now? Quick, get some more. Okay, contact Kieran. (laughs) 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 That would drag me in with my knees that you know they're really desperate. So So each person just give their overall thoughts, concluding thoughts. It's interesting. It's not something I would normally watch if it had no Bond connection, but I have watched it because it does. So if if that's a good thing or not, I don't know. Whether it's a good thing, I think it is going to bring people into Bond. It's allowing people who have absolutely no interest in Bond to watch it, be be entertained or whatever. So I think it's it it, it is a good thing. It it's not going to hurt the franchise. Mm-hmm. I hate that word franchise when it comes to Bond. It is a thing that's allowing people to come in to sort of watch a Bond adventure without going to the movies or whatever but i do think that's something that people perhaps didn't factor in that the two are completely different and you can enjoy both yeah i didn't know what to expect going into it but actually i enjoyed it more than i thought i would Mm. to be honest you know i went in there kind of thinking oh there's a lot of negativity around this it's is it just something they're just going to throw together is it just gonna be one of these cheap sort of cash in things but actually you know what as it went on i thought it got better because you got more invested Mm. in it 
Um, yeah. I think episode three for me, I was kind of hooked on it. Like I wanted to see what's happened next. Obviously, my wife really enjoyed it more so than me, I'd say. And coming from that point of view as a non-Bond fan or kind of as a, you know, general average, maybe yeah. just movie goer, you're kind of just going to be invested in it. And I think what it's going to do is just help keep people talking about Bond while we're on this break from the films. It's going to keep it burning, the embers burning. I think that's important because without that, without, you know, Bond still being relevant, still being there, you know, we're not going to get to that next film anyway. So we still need people to talk about it. And I think that's the big one for me, just like the, it, anyone could watch it. The, the appeal to it, I thought, for me as a Bond fan, I thought the Easter eggs were great. The locations were great. Music, the cues, for me, it was a it was a good bit of fun. And in the back of my mind, getting excited, just think, oh, you know what's going to happen? Because there's a reference to, you know, Moonraker, there's a reference yeah. to Goldfinger. You see the cars, you get a bit excited. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think I think it's overall it's a positive thing, especially for the people that aren't like, you know, us obsessive with it. You can just casually talk about it and it's hopefully it's increased the popularity. Well, obviously, in, in years to come, we're going to get to the point where what, what's your introduction to Bond? You you asked that question this evening and, and some yeah. people yeah. will say this. I mean, for me, it's it's always a little bit weird when people say, oh, the GoldenEye computer game. Yeah. Back mm. in the day, this possibly yeah. might yeah, be a, right. Definitely. a gateway. That's a really positive thing. I do agree with you, Matt, that it, it keeps the brand, you know, sort of the Bond brand going in this interim period where, you know, how many, how many Marvel films are there every year? You know, it's probably about two or three a year, aren't there? And the, you know, there's that danger of losing the younger audience and they can't even remember Bond, who Bond is because it's been so long since the last film. I mean, I don't know what the demographics are meant to be for this, but well, I, I, yeah, I, for everyone, really. I forgot to mention that the language for a for a for a James yeah. Bond thing is the most blue in terms of mm. language, isn't it? Did it have Did it have swearing? Uh, oh yeah, F-bombs. oh loads of That's quite interesting because it did have. That must be a decision they made because it in another world yeah. it could have been something you watched with your children, couldn't it? This program, yeah, but yeah. not. You can't. Well, that's because obviously the, the for television you don't have the certification, so you haven't got the BB. Yes, yeah, yeah. And what, if you're really that's scared a, on the side of a mountain, saying you're you can not going to censor yourself. Are you? F word for a for a twelve A or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I miss that. All that bad language in Road to a yeah, Million. Okay. Because I tell you why, it's probably my language every day I use. So I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I don't know it either. Is this? What is it? But. I think it just added to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't actually have a problem with it. But no, no problem at all. A, a James Bond thing would have, you know, such language. Yeah, I know that you, you don't have that in Bond, do you, that, that language. But I think they're keeping it real and authentic because it's yeah, a absolutely. live situation. And what would you do if you saw a well-constricted? constrictor? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. You know what? Yeah, yeah. You'd be, you do, you, it's the reaction, isn't it? It's absolutely, yeah, Bond, yeah. So. I do like the fact that in Bond that the two people who've said fuck have been Judy Dench and Rafe Fiennes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, yes, that, that sort of brought a, a respectability to <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Bond's never said it, has it? Not yet. He said, he said piss. Yeah. It's, I think the harshest Bond has said. You're saying it's irrespectable if, like, Halle Berry said the F word. You know, you're <laughs> effing mama. <laughs> I think nothing is respectable when Halle Berry says it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sophia, yes. So you were obviously perhaps the most keen out of everyone going into it. You seem to be 
a very good gauge of the overall audience, I think. I think you went to the premiere and then you obviously hooked. Oh, yeah, and you were going to say, just tell us a bit about the differences watching it on the, the big screen and the small screen. Well, obviously, uh, when I went to the big screen, obviously it's, it's you know, like, it is like going into a Bond film because um, the camera angles are completely different in the sense that you're drawn into the location. So the opening scene of Matera, for instance, uh, you just felt you were stood in Matera because it was it was such a, a big scale. And then I love Casino Royale's Venice scene yeah. when they're going in with the yacht. I mean, yeah. I've been to Venice nine times, one of my favourite cities in the world, and that piece of music that follows it. And so when they did it, when the brothers went in on the yacht, I think they were the ones that came into Venice like that. Oh, on the big screen, it blew me away. And I thought, oh, I just was going sliding down in my seat and thinking, oh, I'm just really living Vesper and, you yeah. know, Bond going in there. So you could feel it. It became real. Mm. It was very rich. And then when I went and watched it on the small screen, I actually, instead of picking it up at episodes three and four, because I'd seen the first two, I thought, I'm going to relive this and watch it on the small screen. And you did lose a sense of it. And, uh it was it was excellent. I still watched it, but the big screen you you can't deliver it constantly on a big screen, can you? That was just a taster. So yeah, um, it definitely packed a punch. Of watching, I mean, watching because I went to the um, to see it on uh, at the cinema as yep. well, and mm-hmm. it was that shared experience yeah. of watching. Mm. So it was you you when you're watching at home, you you just get. The reaction from say your partner or whatever but you were in a cinema full of people and when something funny happened you you obviously got that mm. sort of laughter or if it was you, you get the gasps when they were doing something that was a little bit sort mm. of awe inspiring so if, if that shared experience of the cinema is is always something that yeah you yeah get at home yeah, I did agree. Yeah, it, I suppose our experience in the Leeds Bradford one was a bit more subdued. Uh, uh, but I remember when I, the group I was with, eight of us, we were all doing this together. And yeah, we were doing this. So, yes, the shared oh. experience is better felt in a cinema than at home. So well, obviously, Geordie's are more outgoing than. Uh... <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Sounds like if only episode three was on the big screen, can you imagine in Brazil? In uh, oh, Rio. Wow. Goodness me. Yeah. It was well worth it. I'm glad they did it, really. I don't think they'll do it again. Obviously, it's a one-off. Um, yeah. uh, but um, and, and I think they're going to work from the feedback and the reviews, how they're going to set up Series 2. Uh, but for me, uh, the whole experience, I was drawn into it. I, I, I'm not a big reality fan, but um, I like it when it's themed and this one was Bond. I didn't feel there was enough music for me uh, relating to it. But they got great contestants, and I and I just felt I was on their journey with them, and that's what I liked about it. And I answered; uh, it was fun answering the questions and getting them wrong. And I loved how they got the canisters to decide yes. whether they got yes. the question right yeah, or wrong. Very so, is it green? Is it red smoke? Uh, and then you just you were looking and. And, and then when Brian Cox was giving the answer on the computer and then dots appeared like the Bond dots. Yeah, um, super. Yeah. And then you were buying that time and the, the brothers were going, come on, come on. And I'm sat there thinking, God, come on, I need the bathroom break. Come on, come on, <laughs> get the answer. And then finally he got, yes, it's correct. And you yeah. you celebrated with them. And I, I think that's 
the success of that program because for me it took me on that journey yeah. and the locations as i said you you you, you can't not like them because they were gorgeous so, so it's a win-win for me on the Big Bond Zoom party with our evil mastermind, we've got to get fireworks going off when you're <laughs> correct on. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Get your, uh, what do you call them, poppers, party poppers, Phil. Yeah. Get them out. I did like as well how some of them, it was a helicopter that came over. Oh, I love it. Because yeah. like the, un <laughs> the underside of the helicopter was always red with the brake yeah. lights or whatever, you know, to show the other, other stuff in the air that it's there. And you're like, oh, they've lost. And then no, this. Yeah. Green came out and just like, yeah, mm. yeah, that was yeah. good touch. <laughs> yeah, <it> was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hear me. Firstly, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I I thought I would enjoy it, and I really did enjoy it. Perhaps as much, probably about as much as I thought I would do. I stand by my thoughts. I still think it could have potentially owned it a bit more. I do understand your everyone's points of view about, you know, well, maybe that's just the um, the first link in. And my wife absolutely loved it too. So hopefully, you know, it would mean that she'd be up for watching a Bond film. That hasn't happened yet. There were certain bits about it that I was absolutely buzzing about. <laughs> Everything in Jamaica was just world-class, yes. you know, for yeah, yeah. absolute world-class. And the minute that they got to that hut that was called Crab Key, yeah, and then you go in, and the crocodiles are there, and tres that sign trespassers will be eaten. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, now we're just in absolute fanboy territory. You know, I was I was yeah. buzzing about that, and I loved all that. I thought they picked. I mean, you know, as you do with these things, they put a massive emphasis on the Bone Brothers. The Bone Brothers are the are the stars of the show, really. Mm -hmm. In in um because you know they will draw audiences in. It's a great TV program for what it is, and I'll look forward for the next one. I think I'd say Bond fans who are getting a bit stiffy about it because sniffy sniffy about it. Sorry about um oh well we need to you know it's going to be rubbish all this. The Guardians give it one star. No no give it a try. That's that's hype. It it's got something good to in it. So I just can't wait for series two. Um, there are there are things that I improve, but no, you know what? Well, overall, yeah, it's it's good. I, I give it a seven out of ten. I thought it was good. We, we've all mentioned partners, other halves, and or, or whatever you want to call them. Mine has just come in, so just to get an opinion of somebody who isn't a Bond fan yeah, about yeah. this series. Yeah, yeah. Ben, what 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 do you think so far of what you've seen of of of, the, of this series? Oh, I've just put him on the spot, and he hates. I was going to say, yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> I enjoyed it more than I thought I would want to. I thought it was going to be a bit a bit predictable. It was interesting, and it was quite engaging. And although I'm not as sort of the films as you are, I, I did enjoy it, and I did, the locations were interesting. The characters, the contestants, like shone through, and I, I, I liked the fact it was it was. <clears throat> Sort of like each contestant against the system, if you like, rather than against each other. Hmm. Right, interesting. Well, that's 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 a great sort of uh, insights there because we are all a bit obsessed with Bond, and it's nice to hear the thoughts of someone who's not quite as obsessed. I'm assuming that's right, Phil. Yeah, he, he's not <laughs> obsessed. No, yeah, the the antithesis of obsessed. And Harry. Your concluding thoughts on the show? Really, really positive. It, it was six months ago, wasn't that up for it? Two months ago, became really up for it. And then watching it, 
it improved and improved. I got more and more into it. I invested more and more into it. Uh, the challenges were good. For me, the, the highlights were the locations, the music has yeah. improved my opinion of some of that music. Some of like the Newman music, I mean. Well, it's not, it's not really improved my yeah, opinion, yeah. but it just made me a little bit more endearing to them slightly. Like I say, I like things like the Traitors and shows like that. I reckon it wasn't that that I liked most about it, though. And because because it's so nicely and stylishly put together, I never felt any of the contestants were actually in any jeopardy or anything. I was never actually worried about any of them. So that wasn't... I'm, I'm not complaining there. I'm just saying that wasn't the main yeah. thing that I enjoyed. That wasn't where I got my entertainment. My main entertainment came from just getting so darned excited about the world of Bond and the locations being Bond, getting to do what Bond does and kind of, uh, yeah, just creating a sense of anticipation for the more neutral fans, getting them a bit more involved in looking forward to a new Bond adventure. Because now, kind of, after having watched that, you do want to see someone as cool and as suave, sophisticated and witty as James Bond in those situations. You want to see him in, you know, in those same situations, but absolutely nailing it and... Like I say, perhaps a future episode, sorry, future series, if there's some... Because Brian Cox, he, he, I don't know if he was a hero or a villain. I don't, you know, there, there, is, there is room for villains and more opposition, more obstacles. Yeah. So there's places for it to go. And I'm, I'm, do you know what? Even if there wasn't another series, I'm I'm happy with it in this in this interim period as, as something. If there's another series, great. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, when I was watching, I watched episode seven and eight back to back. And I was really, really in a wonderful mood. I was in a brilliant mood. Mm. Where would it rank in your 25? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, well, no, like I said earlier, there are things I liked about it more than the recent films. It felt happier. It felt more interested in um, the locations and extras. That ha- it, I think there were more allies and contacts in this series than there have been for years. Like, just speaking to people is great. It, it, it felt more of the world than the last few films have. I mean, I I like it, I'm sure there are people who have thought it is their number two. I was worried about thinking of an episode based on the show because I thought, well, judging by the reaction, this is before it had come out, everyone was a bit poo-pooing it. Mm-hmm. And then... You got the bad reviews and you think, oh, gosh, am I going to be able to find enough people who actually watched it? Never mind, liked it. But this is brilliant. And there will be people, of course. It's on you know, it's on Amazon Prime all the time. Yeah. Watch it at your leisure. I'd definitely- and what Phil said, if it's the entry point for some people, yeah. even if it's not kind of our thing, if it gets people yeah. in, that's huge. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know whether the... I'm assuming they'll film the second series in the summer and then it'll be out, hopefully, same time next year. So that's... Another thing to look forward to in the world of Bond that goes alongside, never mind the film, we've got the books, you know, we've got, there's, there's all sorts going on. And we've got us chatting about it every day, it seems, uh, at the moment. <laughs> so uh, there's lots to enjoy about the world of James Bond. And I want to thank you all for joining me tonight. It's been fabulous. We look forward to meeting up in person and, yeah, some, some Northerners as well. It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.